This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news updates with Kathy Romano. And it is Thursday, October 22nd. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy abruptly left an event Wednesday after announcing he was going into quarantine, saying he just found out a member of his staff had tested positive for COVID-19. Per guidance from the public health officials, the individual is quarantining at home, and the governor's office has begun to contact trace uh, the contact trace process to notify anybody who may have come into contact with their colleague. Murphy, a Democrat, was speaking at a workforce development event his office organized with Democratic Representative Donald Norcross at Camden County College when he said he learned a contact tested positive. Out of an abundance of caution and in line with the highest levels of commitment to protecting public health, the governor and first lady will be canceling their in-person events and voluntarily quarantining through the end of the weekend, and each will take an additional COVID-19 test before they resume any in-person engagements, the statement said. The governor received a coronavirus test on Monday as part of his regularly scheduled testing, which came back negative. The governor and first lady were tested again yesterday afternoon. That also came back negative. I I don't want to suggest any duplicity here, but I know that if I sharded, I might say that I had to... uh... Go ahead and get a test. That's a good diversion. <laughs> the 63-year-old governor has no symptoms. New Jersey uh, has had more than 222,000 positive cases and 14,438 deaths. The state's daily coronavirus figures have doubled over the past month, state officials said earlier this week. The borough of Narberth passed an ordinance to require people to wear masks in the business district and in parks. The ordinance will levy a $15 fine on people who are spotted in those areas without a mask. There are several exceptions, including health reasons and for children under the age of two years old. Some residents say it's a bold move for a small borough with about 4,300 residents. One Narberth resident said while he feels masks are necessary, he also feels it's an undue burden on the residents and police department to be enforcing mask wearing with a fine. Bill lives in Narberth. Yeah. I, was, I was thinking of perhaps doing a whole bunch of Bill Weston masks yeah. and making everyone in Narberth look like Bill <laughs> I tell you, oh, to... Those like, should be the free masks the they free pass masks. out if someone oh, should have Look at that. Everyone looks like me. <laughs> Look at that guy. Look at that handsome devil over there. Oh, my God. This town just got beautiful. <laughs> Bill uh, Bill looks pretty snazzy in a mask, I he must does. say. He does. Especially with the, you know, that... Uh, that wispy, not wispy, but that uh, shock of hair. Yeah, that shock of hair for yeah. wearing a black mask, his black jacket on his hog, man. I'm telling he's you. He's so uncomfortable in the mask, though. He's always playing with it. Like, yeah. he knows he has to keep he it on, it but it's like yep. up and down and yep. over. And well, you know, when you, when you, and with, there's some, I have one mask that is a, my really good talking mask. You're ta- you have a talking uh-huh. mask? And yet. then there are other masks <laughs> yeah. that I can walk around in that are like, okay, I'm not going to be doing a lot of talking. Right, you have your, your driving mask, <laughs> your <laughs> store <laughs> mask, you right. know, your, Nar- your Bill Weston because mask. Because the most frustrating thing is when you have to talk a lot, Preston, if you've gone and done videos where they're trying to show that they, they're mask-friendly as you're coming into the store. We were over at the Primo uh, location in uh, in Jersey, and I'm like, God damn, I can't be touching my mask all the time. I should have worn my talking mask. I hate when I'm out of breath, you know, if you're breathing, like, a little bit heavier yeah. than you normally do, and the mask is going, like, in and out in while you're mouth. talking, and I'm like, yeah. all right, this is ridiculous. But I, I think it flatters Bill. Bill kind of gives, he gets this, like, uh, um... Like uh, the elder in the superhero group. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He, he looks like he's be Magneto. the leader. He's, yeah, he's very <laughs> Magneto-esque. So 
Uh, he'll look good in Narberth with his mask. <laughs> so Narberth, I, I have one question to ask you: no remorse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a little inside yeah. on there. Narberth Mayor Andrea Duch says an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. I'd rather go a little overboard than underboard and get people sick. She said. The borough council stitching time saves nine. The borough council intends to meet again to iron out some gray areas where social distancing is already in place. Police officers are in charge of enforcing the ordinance. Well, the, the thing is, the street they, they they say the streets are very narrow on in, in Narberth, which they are. So I guess that's part of the deal. If, if I if I'm on a crowded street or in a crowded location where you're passing by people closely, you pop the mask on. Sure. I, I mean, yeah. it just it makes. Oh, where- Get where I was. I oh my gosh, where was I? I was walking down the street outside singing do what diddy do diddy dumb diddy do yes <laughs> and skipping and I had my mask in my hand. It wasn't on, and this lady gave me such a look. The stink guy. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, oh okay, so we're wearing them outside now. And I, I just I'm put less, it on, I'm you know? less afraid <laughs> of the disease than I am of being shamed. Shamed I, totally. That's I why totally I, I, I wrap it around my wrist when I go just anywhere, just in case I'm going to encounter a situation where. There's shoulder-to-shoulder content. Yeah. I I, uh, I got to see my first uh, anti-mask ranter in person the other day. Oh, oh yeah. In fun? an establishment. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, the the gang, uh, the kids behind the the uh, the counter at Wawa were. <laughs> oh, stop it! Bright-eyed, you know, their eyes were huge. Like, what's what? going to happen? Don't here? don't jump on. They're, they're just working have... there. They're just working. You know, this behind. The, I've seen. Oh no, I was just saying they were. This guy wasn't going off on them. He was just going off publicly for anybody who wanted to listen. To listen. Oh, which was and no one. He, I, I got there at the tail end of it because I started to whip out my phone. I'm like, I'm going to get one of these guys. <laughs> I'm going to be the camera guy in one of these things. <laughs> so we go now to Preston Elliott. <laughs> It's a pleasure to talk to you. <laughs> but it was... Uh, you should have been behind. Come on. It was, it freak was un- out a little. <laughs> it was uncomfortable. I know. And I, yeah, Come well, on, man. Keep going. You've got a point. Yeah. Freak out. <laughs> come on. No, no, no. I'm I should have egged him on. Come, come a little forward so you're in the light. <laughs> yeah. Move to should've the right. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Right. Roll them. Yeah. <laughs> and action. <laughs> you know what? You put your arm around him. I wasn't feeling it. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's do another take. All right, so if you're visiting Narberth, don't forget, you do have to have a mask on. A thief was caught on surveillance video ripping down a Joe Biden, Kamala Harris political sign in a family's Haverford yard. The family says the sign was gone within 12 hours of them putting it in their yard. The family says their signs have been stolen five times in the last two months. The incidents uh, forced the family to think smart and strategically. So listen to what they did. They made handmade signs and they coated it with Crisco and glitter. Oh, very good. <laughs> I've heard I've heard more austere uh, people have put razor blades behind them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and there's some people electri- have electrified them. Like, they, you hear one or two stories in the country of somebody doing that. Do you like, know what's a, what's a cool story I heard? So, uh, my old neighborhood, they're, you know, side by side with the neighbors. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of my other former neighbors had Trump signs on, on, on their lawn, and their next door neighbors had the, the Biden signs. And somebody who's coming by kept stealing the Trump signs. And so um, the, my, the Biden sign people had a camera pointed at their yard oh, to see who it was. and found out who it was. And then they put up the group Facebook, you know, that they yeah, kind of yeah, town and they Facebook found and person? said, well, no, but oh. they, they made a blanket statement because they knew the person was on this and said, just respect everyone's, you know, yeah. free. Sp-, and it stopped. It, it was just such a nice gesture that, you know, because they're, they're Biden supporters and they're, you know, they were just saying. You know, yeah. stay you cool. Need you don't Stop need to do it. that. Yes. Also, we have a week and a half left. Stop. It, you know, like yeah. just and also and last thing, 
I should have gotten in the lawn sign business because this was the year Seriously? where I've never seen any more. And it started Dude, with pandemic stuff. Plexiglass and lawn signs. Oh, my yeah. God. You're in that yeah. business oh, well, leading into this year. You, you know, how many times have you seen people come to a screeching halt on the street and, go, and look at a lawn sign and go, oh, my God. Yeah. I'm going to go for that. <laughs> Seriously, I just love that they put glitter on there. Do you know how hard glitter yeah. is to get off of your, you know, <laughs> wherever? It's a good idea. The family added additional surveillance, which caught caught the culprit in action. The family said that they have filed police reports every time and refused to be silenced. Now, a man in nearby Havertown said he's fed up with young people who keep vandalizing a political sign outside of his law office. John Williamson said he put up a Donald Trump sign on the front lawn of his law office a couple of months ago, and it was defaced ten times. He put up a surveillance camera at the corner of Eagle and Lawrence. I know this one. He actually had put up another sign that basically it's counting the amount of times that sign has been vandalized. Oh, really? Yes. So, so it's, (laughs) but it's like one of the giant signs. And then next to it, it says, you know, uh, amount of times. And then he had another sign saying, don't worry, my sign will be back. Um, It's in the shop right now. (laughs) I mean, come on. It's kind of funny. Listen. you, whoever your candidate is, you're making your candidate and, and the whole party look bad no, no, when you when you do that to somebody else's sign. You you make it, you know. But it, it's funny because it's it a is on both sign. sides. It's, it's on both stupid. Sides. Yep. One time I put up a sign that just said political sign. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> just generic. So Haverford police have not yet been able to identify who's responsible, but he did put a surveillance video out there to try to catch them. I think it's I think it's less about. I'm sorry to go on and I'll let you finish. Katie, no, no, no. It's I, okay. I think it's less about promoting the candidate and more about making a statement about yourself. So that's what I, when I look at it, that's what I see as opposed to. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to sway me in what I think. So. It's actually a good way, too, to draw attention away from your horrible lawn. <laughs> if you're not doing enough. <laughs> Fix your lawn up. Like, endorse a real, you know, yeah, and, and just draw attention away. All right, let's do sports this morning. <laughs> In Game 2 of the World Series, the Tampa Bay Rays beat the L.A. Dodgers 6-4. to Brandon Lowe became the first pitcher, sorry, the first player to hit two opposite field home runs in a World Series game, and the Rays' bullpen bent but didn't break as they held on for the win. The series is now even at one game apiece. The teams have off today and will return tomorrow for Game 3 with the best pitching matchup in the series. Dodgers ace Walter Bueller against Rays ace Charlie Morton. First Walter. pitch is... Walker. Walk, what I say? Walter. Oh, okay, Walker. Yeah. First pitch is set for 8.08. After a short week, the Eagles are back at it tonight with a game at the link against the New York Giants in the NFC East. Walker told me I hate <laughs> The Eagles have a record of 1-4-1, one, one, while the Giants are 1-5. Both teams are just behind the Dallas Cowboys, who are in first place at 2-4. and four. Kickoff for Thursday night football is set for 8.20, and that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thank you very much, Kathy. Welcome to Thursday morning. Uh, we have a few things going on. We're going to have Colin Quinn on the program today. He's He's going to be checking in around 9 o'clock because he's got a book called Overstated, a coast-to-coast roast of the 50 states. And there's a virtual event as well that's coming up with the free library. I'll give you some details on that. That's going to be tomorrow night involving him. Our friends from Acme Markets are stopping by, and I saw that they have some giveaways. So it will behoove you to stay with us if you want some freebies from Acme. And let me see. What else we have going on? Um Casey's going to take off. He's not feeling well, so yeah. he's going to bail for the day. So we'll get Marissa in here, and she'll be my right hand during the uh, program. And I know that we had some... Yeah, we're also going to have a chance for you to win uh, this very cool prize, uh, courtesy of our friends from God Scholl's Turkey Bacon. 
Uh, and it is a Brian Westbrook, Westbrook uh, football that's autographed. Huh. And it comes in a glass display case and the whole deal. It's pretty damn that cool. That is cool. So we're putting together. We, we had an idea of how we wanted to do it, and I think we're going to switch it up. So just hang tight, and I'll get you the details on how we are going to give that away. But uh, one winner is going to end up getting that courtesy of Godshalls. And uh, you can also check out Godshalls.com for all the details about the great wood smoked turkey bacon. That is Godshalls. But they brought us this Brian Westbrook autographed football, authentic, and in the case and everything. So we'll give that away at some point. Um, with that, we'll take a quick break. Come back in a second. The Entertainment Report is what I have set to go for you with some giveaways. I have some pretty weird things coming up in the entertainment stuff. We'll tell you about when we get back. Stay with us. Love MMR? Buy some gear. Check out the rock shop at WMMR.com. Snazzy. Nobody likes a delay of game. And while there's been some uncertainty about this football season, Acme is happy to announce it's game on. So no matter what your game day's like, they've got everything you need to cheer the Eagles on. From snacks and party trays to beverages and fan gear, make it a season to remember. Acme, official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. So the stupid question prize this week is a $50 Bonefish Grill gift card. And let's see if you can get this right. Uh, name the continent where you would find a platypus. Hmm. 215-263-WMMR. Where are the platypus? Na- platypus? Platypuses? Platypussies. <laughs> Uh, the platypus he's native to. 215-263-WMMR. You know what? Yeah, I don't know. Marissa, platypi? Plat- platypi. It says here, where would you find platypuses? So I guess it's pussies. Platy- platypuses. Yeah, there you go. You know, they're actually very dangerous. Yeah, they're poisonous. Yes. They have a, they have a spur. Wait, they're poisonous? Yes, their, they are. Hind, oh, I didn't know that. Their hindquarters on their back feet, and they can sting you. I knew they were nasty, but I didn't know that they could uh, what do you mean poison nasty? you. Like they just weren't friendly animals. Oh, yeah. I always thought they were really cool looking. They are very cool. Very, um, a, a bizarre hybrid. Yeah. All right, so. Like I'm, a cowbird. I'm going to go through some birthdays today, uh, being Thursday, October 22nd, and we'll start with this one. It is Jeff Goldblum's birthday today. <laughs> uh, he is 68. I love that Jeff Goldblum gets Jeff Goldblum. You know what I mean? Not only does he get it, he loves it. Yeah. He plays yeah. with it all the time. Uh, and he knows his whole delivery and his cadence, which was used to great effect in Thor Ragnarok. Oh, yeah. He was a scream. Yep, yep, agreed. And he's in the, so they're doing the new Jurassic Park movie with the original cast reassembled. Yeah. With uh, the, the others, the newbies. Sam Neill and, uh, and Lord, Lord Dern. Dern have been, they've been posting some videos of them uh, together just goofing <laughs> off, of, uh, you know, when they're not working. It's hilarious. Do you know, it's one of the great memes that goes around when Sam Neill in that first Jurassic Park when he's in the Jeep and he gets up and raises his glasses, he sees the the Brontosaurus. Yeah. And they'll put in some other... Something else that just it's ridiculous. Yes, yep. it's great. Uh, Jeff Goldblum, 68 today. Another great one, Christopher Lloyd. Oh. Yes, he turns 82. We were talking briefly about Back to the Future yesterday. and So good. Obviously, he made a big splash in that. Taxi, is uh, Reverend Jim, was, he was such a great standout. Star character. Trek. Yep. Uh, so 82 years old today. Uh, Brian Boitano, I bring that up because of South Park, of course, the gold medalist in the 1988 Olympics. What would Brian Boitano do, right? That's correct, yes. So uh, he turns 57 today. Bob Odenkirk, of course, you know, is uh, Saul from uh, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. But uh, he was a a co-creator of Mr. Show. That's phenomenal. And the Ben Stiller show. He he has, I think, one of the funniest skits I've ever seen where it was a parody of Lassie. 
but Lassie was swapped out for Charles Manson. <laughs> so the kid, Manson, I remember that. I remember that Manson, one. and he comes running across the field. I started uh, rewatching Arrested Development, and he has a, a few. Uh, he's in a few episodes of the beginning of that show. And um, when watching Bob Odenkirk, it occurred to me that. He is a really effortless actor. When you see him on screen, it does not ever look like he's trying very hard to act. And yeah. that, to that, me, that's impressive. That'd be another example of someone who is innately funny, who is, was able to port over to drama pretty effortlessly. Yeah. Uh, he's 58 today. Uh, regular visitor of our show, Carlos Mencia, also celebrates birthday today. Uh, he is turning 53 years old. I just watched that exchange that occurred on stage. I think it was at the comic store where Joe Rogan went up on stage while Carlos Mencia was up there performing. Yeah. And they sort of started started hashing it. I think they've put that behind them now. Yeah, it was about stealing material. Stealing material, yeah. And then Joe's crew really jumped on Carlos and it yeah. turned into a thing. And didn't Carlos address it on our show? He like, did. Didn't he? Yeah. he addressed yeah. it on stage. He's, he's, he's never not engaged with it. Right. Uh, so Carlos is 53 today. Spike Jones, the director, who's done a lot of wild movies, man. Being John Malkovich, Adaptation, Where the Wild Things Are. A lot of videos, too. Uh, yeah, for the Beastie Boys. Um, he also did Her. I never did see that movie. Was it good? Anybody uh, see with, it? With the Scarlett Johansson as the... Uh, as yeah, the, the voice. Yes, the I did see voice. it. It was actually very good. Okay. She, for a voice performance in a movie where you're not ever seeing her, mm-hmm. it's really well done. Uh, he is the ex-husband of director Sofia Coppola, by the way. Um, which uh, they make wine, Kathy. It, she actually has yeah. a champagne line. Uh, he directed delicious. some Italian movies, too. So, <laughs> 51 years old today, Spike Jones. Uh, Catherine Deneuve, the French actress and model. Long considered one of the most beautiful women in the world. 77 years old today. Uh, Bobby Seale, the political activist, co-founder of the Black Panthers, uh, is 84 oh, years old today. He's in the uh, trial of Chicago 7, or he, his, he is portrayed in that. Yeah, a character? Yeah. Okay, yep. Uh, so he is uh, 84 today. Uh, Leslie West, the singer and guitarist of Mountain. Great guitarist. Uh, turned 75 years old. I think he had a leg amputated due to diabetes. He was a large guy. Yeah, for yeah. a long time. Yeah, I don't know about that, but that's that doesn't surprise me, Steve. Uh, Jonathan Lipnicki. <laughs> oh, wow. The little kid in Jerry Maguire. He's old Jack now. The Stuart Little movies. Yeah, he was doing a, he, he was a bodybuilder yeah. for a while. Yeah. Uh, he is uh, celebrating his 30th birthday today. And last but certainly not la- not least, from the Modern Family crew, Jesse Tyler Ferguson. He's great. He's awesome. That that, that particular Matt and Cam, uh, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, Matt and Cam, yeah. Yeah, they're just a highlight of the show. It's Hilarious. the best. He's another fun uh, follow on Instagram. He just got a little baby. Oh, yes, he, I saw. Yeah, he does yeah. little scenes with the kid and all, has some fun with him. He is 45 today, so happy birthday to everybody uh, who's celebrating a birthday. Let's see if we can get an answer to the stupid question this morning. Uh, what continent will you find platypuses? 215-263-WMMR. <laughs> it is Justin who's first in, so let me go to him. Yo, Justin, how you doing, man? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, Justin, oh, yeah. where will you find a platypus? That's Australia. You got it, dude. Enjoy. Hang on a second, Justin. You are going to get a $50 Bonefish Grill gift card. It is National Seafood Month. <laughs> and Bonefish Grill, he loves Bonefish Grill, oh, yeah. is celebrating all month long with uh, seasonal <laughs> seasonal favorites like their grilled swordfish and pump, oh, yeah. pumpkin ravioli and fresh apple martini uh, made with house-infused Ooh. apple cinnamon vodka. 
Taste to see with family bundles that feed up to five people starting at $30. Order online at bonefishgrill.com. Delivery from DoorDash and Uber Eats or dine-in whenever you are ready. All right, let's get started. That was my microphone farting, by the way, if you heard that. It really needs a little Um, bit more oil. Yeah. All right, so anyhow, uh, Matthew McConaughey is opening up about... being sexually assaulted when he was 18. Oh, uh, in his new memoir, Green Lights, he said, uh, I've earned a few scars getting through this rodeo of humanity. Uh, he said, I got whipped until my butt bled for putting on a Cracker Jack tattoo when I was 10. And the only thing I ever knew I wanted to be was a father. Uh, but then he wrote, I was molested by a man when I was 18 while knocked unconscious in the back of a van. Jesus. Now, I don't know anything more than that. That's all I've read. What you just read is what I read in, a, in another article. I don't know if he expands at all in the book on that or not. But um, he also said, I was blackmailed into having sex for the first time when I was 15. I was certain I was going to hell for the premarital sex. Today, I am merely certain that I hope that's not the case. Uh, Despite the bad incidents, he said, I've never felt like a victim. I have a lot of proof that the world is conspiring to make me happy. In 2016, he supported the University of Texas's rape elimination program by driving students home from campus after dark. He's a a good guy. He's the kind of guy I would want to go ice fishing with. Yes, totally. Uh, But this is uh, his first time ever discussing this that happened to him. You notice whenever, though, somebody writes a book, you know... uh, the first thing that's released as part of the little snippets, the little teases, is, and, and it's horrible sexual molestation, but that's the publishers always go to that stuff that gets released first. Well, so, of course, listen, yeah, they, it's, they, it's a money shot. They, they want you to to buy the book, and yeah. he wants people to read it. Otherwise, and he included he, it. He would not have written yeah. it had yeah. it not been the case. But a lot of times, yes, people will take this as it's a very um, therapeutic thing to do to get this out, and and it's also. I think writing it down, there's something to that, you know? Uh, I wonder if he's done therapy for that, too, because that also helps a great deal. Yep. Uh, Six months after announcing their intention to create a non-royal nonprofit, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry have launched Archwell.com. The homepage is simple with an email sign-up form and contact information against uh, a beige background. Do you know what they sell, Preston? Mm -hmm. These cool fangs that you put in your mouth and you push a lever (laughs) and it makes the fangs come down. looks like you're a vampire growing fangs. Growing, wow. What the hell is this? They're going to make a mint on that. (laughs) Uh, The site also includes definitions for arch. A-R-C-H-E. Oh, okay, because Archwell, uh, the one that I looked up and the one that came up on our screen had to do with rubber flooring, and uh, I was no, curious. A-R-C-H-E. Okay, sorry about that. great pride, we introduce a revolution in rubber flooring. Whether you're looking to do yoga or you have an older dog who cannot get traction on a hardwood floor. Listen, it's needed, man. They were founded in 1993. It's environmental, Steve. You know, they, they achieve safety and durability at the same time. So, it's How a, do you order the teeth? Uh, well, I don't know about the teeth. They're going to they're gonna release that later, <laughs> which is stupid because, I mean, Halloween's right around the corner. You lost it. All right, so anyhow, uh, the definitions for Archie, A-R-C-H-E, a Greek word meaning source of action. And, One who dates Betty. And also well. Okay. A plentiful source or supply, a place uh, that we go to dig deep. And when Harry and Meghan shared their intention to launch Archwell in April after uh, they did, yeah, after stepping down from their senior royal duties, they said it was also an homage to their son, Archie, who turned one on May 6th, by the way. Katy Perry and Orlando Bloom are moving into those guys' neighborhood, who I just mentioned. 
uh, a celeb-filled town, Montecito, California. Ooh. And the new parents just paid $14.2 million for a compound in Montecito. I've got to get a voice back. The 35-year-old singer and the 43-year-old actor bought the luxurious property from businessman C. Robert Kidder, who is the former CEO of Chrysler and also the former CEO of Duracell. Didn't you think that if you have an initial as your first name, you're probably pretty wealthy? Yeah, probably. Uh, The gated compound is nearly nine acres and features a three-story Mediterranean villa. Wow. More swanky property features include a detached four-car garage, a guest house with a full kitchen, Bedroom suite, private office, and living and dining area, as well as swimming pool and pool house with its own two bedrooms and full, full two full baths. Didn't Katy Perry try to purchase a monastery? Or monastery. Something like she that? had the nuns dragged out in the middle of the night and shot. Yeah, no, I, I do remember something like that. That was that was several years ago. But yeah, I, what the, I remember it was a big legal wrangling. Yeah, the Santa Barbara Montecito area is home to a number of A-list celebrities, including Oprah Winfrey and Ellen DeGeneres. In June, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry purchased a nine-bedroom, nineteen—it says nineteen-bathroom home. Wow. They must have diarrhea. That okay? So you got two bathrooms per room. It's per probably bedroom. one every bedroom, and then several—you know—maybe half baths on each floor. Yeah. Uh, they got that for fourteen point six million. You know uh, what? Perry's no stranger to the area. She was born in Santa Barbara. Having an extra couple bathrooms is a joy. Mm-hmm. Why oh you can God. turn one into your into your rock and roll bathroom, your kids' bathroom, bathroom. Preston. Mm-hmm. It's just we for the longest time when we were in Maniunk, our one bathroom was on the second floor. Having a bathroom on the main floor in the back of the house, it's awesome. Uh, no, Steve, same yeah. thing. My first house, the uh, bathroom was on the second floor, right. and uh, it, you know, it was That's if you had it. guests over, your guests were going into, the into your space. bathroom. In, yeah. yeah, into yeah, like so. I was like, is my bed made? I got to shut my door. You know, well, of course, you guys know my bed's always made. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I remember the first time I went into a house uh, and I stayed at the house where every single bedroom had a bathroom, and I was like. I didn't know this existed. This is amazing. You don't have to share with anybody. Like I can leave my toothbrush out on the counter well, if I want. You don't have. Yeah, you don't have to go through that thing. Because I was like, okay, use my bathroom. All right. Was it a newer house, Kath? Oh, yeah, it was yeah. a mansion. Because I yeah. live in an older house, and we have two and a half. And, and like to put in another one elsewhere would be difficult. On your list of celebrities live, living in Santa Barbara, Press, and I'm surprised they didn't include Mark Summers because he's neighbors with all these people. Yes, I left it off all because right. we talk about him so much, okay. and I didn't want to put it in. No, but he does live in that area. All right, this is a wild story. After accusing Orianne Cavey, this is a person's name, Orianne Cavey and her new husband of an armed occupation and takeover of his approximately $40 million Miami Beach mansion, Phil Collins took his ex-wife to court on Tuesday in the hopes of finally getting her to leave. So she has... uh, She's basically squatting at the house. Okay, so during the 90-minute... Yeah, during the 90-minute proceedings held over Zoom, Collins' lawyer accused KV of using gamesmanship to take the home as well as intentionally slowing down the legal process by repeatedly changing lawyers and allegations. Uh, Judge Stephanie Silver, who highlighted the fact that KV's latest lawyer was the third that she and her new husband, businessman Thomas Bates, had hired in four days, in addition to her new representation, she also filed a counterclaim seeking approximately $20 million from the musician as her lawyer argued that she had an ownership stake in the home despite the property being registered under a company owned by Collins. So a large part of the hearing was used to discuss 
The removal of Collins's valuables from the home, which he claims are in substantial risk, including jewelry, memorabilia, unpublished music, and, I didn't know this, a collection of items from the Battle of the Alamo said to be worth $15 million, a portion of which have already been donated to a San Antonio museum. Well, that's of special importance to him because Genesis actually played at the Battle of Alamo. Yeah, they go that far back. <laughs> yeah. uh, both parties agree to have the items removed and put in storage until their case is decided. Judge Silver said that it will take another hearing to address these new claims, and in the meantime, uh, Collins can go live in another one of his homes. But his attorney, Jeff Fisher, reportedly uh, reported that Cavey also has another home, saying, let her go to Las Vegas. Uh, Fisher was oh, referring to God. his firm's discovery that Cavey had secretly married Bates in August and purchased a home for roughly $1.7 million in Las Vegas in December of 2019, prior to breaking up with Collins for the second time in July of this year. So correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know what this story is. Uh, this is obviously California we're talking about, right? No, Miami. Uh, no, Miami. I'm, I'm sorry, Miami. Okay, so I don't know what the... Yeah, of course, you said Miami. So the... the um. She got married. Is is now what are what are the financial like? She's remarried to someone else. To Phil Collins at this point. I mean, I guess. Well, yeah. Yeah. So here's the deal. Collins and Katie first met when she was just 21 years old. She By was, the way, you have to see the difference from when they got together and from when they got divorced. I think she used his money for, for plastic every surgery. plastic surgery. Oh yeah, <laughs> a treatment you could do. It's unbelievable. She oh was working God. as his translator during his 1994 tour of Switzerland. They married in 1999 and have two teenage sons together. They ultimately finalized their divorce in 2008. Collins reportedly paid her $46.68 million in a divorce settlement. Cheapskate. Following her separation from her second husband, the couple reconciled. And then when they broke up again this summer, KV allegedly took possession of their Miami home, at which point she and Bates, the current guy, according to court documents, allegedly changed the alarm codes, blocked the surveillance cameras, barred entry from vendors and the real estate agent, and are threatening implicity and explicity oh. to prolong their unlawful occupation of the property through force. You know what she so basically think- did? Oh. She moved in with Rico Suave. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, she did. So I think they got remarried. So I think this is like a whole new divorce. Yeah, it doesn't a say remarried in this, but it, it's quite possible. A, yeah, whole so. new divorce. a whole new divorce. Wow, shiny and new. I feel bad for <laughs> Phil. Yeah. It, uh, it sounds messed up. Uh, he also has all the... No, Den- Genesis was supposed to tour, right, this year? I believe Wasn't so. Wasn't that part of the deal? Something like that, yeah. Hasn't been good for Phil Collins. All right, I have a few other things. Uh, we were just wondering, as yesterday was Kim Kardashian's birthday, she turned 40, so she's ringing in a new decade with family and close friends on an island. She flew everyone in private jets. Of course. And is looking forward to celebrating with the guests who mean the most to her. 30 people in total were flown to the top secret location. I know where it is. It's where? Cheesecake Factory Island, Preston, because uh, they love it. Uh, guests include Kanye West, uh, and then, of course, Kanye, Chloe, Courtney, Kylie, Kendall, Chris, and Jonathan Chibin. Uh, How did he get in there? He I was don't okay. Yeah, you got Kanye, Chloe, Courtney, K- uh, Kurt, uh, Kylie, Kendall, Chris, and John. Maybe he changed his name to Conathan. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone was tested for COVID pre-flight, by the way. Everyone had their own private jet heading out there? Uh, I don't know if, well, no. they were they were flown in private right. jets. I don't know if each person, I don't think they had 30 private so jets. So 30 private jets, 30 okay. additional luggage jets. Right. Unbelievable. Six, six. That's a whole arm, uh, a fleet. So last, uh, we always ask, you know, how much is one of her Instagram posts worth? Yes. Uh, last night I watched the David Letterman, My Next Guest with right. her. Right. Yeah, how was it? Uh, uh, 
Uh, you have to like turn your brain off. And it was uh, interesting if you want to know more about okay. them. Um, so he guessed how much is one of your Instagram posts worth a quarter million. And she smiled and kind of gave the thumbs like more. Like, higher. like she, yeah, yep. she rose higher. So Can you believe that one post. And she was talking about getting free hair. So she was wearing this, like she was wearing this big long ponytail like fake hair extension. Okay. So you know he asked how much that cost. She said oh, I don't know. I just did an Instagram post and now I have free hair for life. Oh, for life. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't doubt it. All right. Well, uh, we have other stories about that crew. The Kendall and Kylie fashion line <laughs> was sued in January for copyright infringement infringement by the Clauber brothers. That's a Kendy, Kendall Kylie copyright suit filed <laughs> by the Clauber brothers? That is correct, yes. And the suit claims that a design for their underwear and mini dress was designed for Clauber. Clauber. And they settled with Kylie for an undisclosed sum October 1st. and have dro- Klaus Clauber. And they have uh, dropped their claim. Uh, although the beauty mogul settled her portion of the suit, it will move forward with other defendants. Isn't it almost a reflexive thing now that whenever they release something, there are lawsuits filed against them? I think even... I think that's probably a standard deal. Every time... Anything they've released in the past couple of years, not soon after, there's someone filing a, lo- a lawsuit... I, I guess it's probably worth it to do it just on the off chance that you can get something. Yeah. Because, you yeah, know. maybe. I don't maybe. know. Uh, Steve, you'll know who this is. James Randi. Yes. Also known as the Amazing Randi. Uh, the magician who escaped from jail cells, underwater coffins, and straitjackets before becoming a scientific skeptic bent on debunking those who peddle in the paranormal and supernatural has died. He was 92 years old. I first saw this because Penn Jillette posted um, something. Penn Jillette was a huge fan, considered him a mentor. And mm-hmm. I just watched a, a, a couple months ago a documentary about James Randi about his efforts to debunk people like Yuri Geller and all these fake, you know, much like Houdini used to do or, or, and, and his wife carried on. Mm-hmm. He was really committed to this and he, got he, a lot of these guys exposed. He had a standing offer, and it was for decades, Yes, of a million dollars to anyone able to demonstrate a supernatural ability under scientific testing criteria agreed by both sides. Nobody ever got the million never, dollars. Never, never. They, they just, you know, he, he flat out laid it out there. He's like, okay, you can do this. Let's prove it. In the documentary, and I think it's on the Tonight Show. I'm not exactly what show it's on. He has Yuri Geller there, and he is exposing yeah. the trick right in front of him. Yep. And everyone's like, holy hell. Yeah, the spoon bending. Yeah, 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 all that. Yeah. Randy died Tuesday due to age-related causes, according to a post on the James Randy Educational Foundation website. Penn Gillette, as Steve had mentioned, called Randy our inspiration, mentor, and dear friend. Uh, he appeared on occasion on the duo Showtime documentary series Penn and Teller's Bull S, which is an outstanding show. Uh, in 1956, the amazing Randy appeared live on the Today Show after he had survived for 104 minutes in a sealed metal coffin submerged in a swimming pool to better a record held by Harry Houdini. Two decades later, he escaped from a straitjacket while suspended upside down over Niagara Falls. The Toronto native also was a regular on the 1960s New York kids show called Wonderama. I used to watch that all the time. Played a dentist and an executioner on Alice Cooper's Billion Dollar Babies concert tour in the (laughs) 1970s. Appeared as himself on a 1978 episode of Happy Days and wound up on The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson more than 30 times. Uh, Randy gave up magic uh, for several decades, dedicated his life to exposing frauds. 
As such, he was the subject of what, uh, Steve, this might have been it, An Honest Liar, which is a 2016 installment of a PBS documentary series, uh, Independent Lens. The funny thing in that documentary, Preston, is he has a, he was uh, he was gay and he had a, a man who he was living with. And I don't want to give it away, but he finds out that there is a fraudulent aspect to the man he's been living with all these years. Ah, so no he, kidding. yeah, yeah. So he had said in a uh, our New York Times article in 2001, I am a liar, a cheat, and a charlatan, but at least I know it. Uh, Randy's love of magic made him resent anyone applying illusionist techniques for illegitimate purposes like preying on gullible people. And he feuded with, as Steve said, Yuri Geller, famously torpedoing the self-proclaimed psychic in 1972 appearance on The, the Tonight Show and also evangelist Peter Popov. Uh, he went on to co-found what is known as the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry. But he was certainly an interesting man, 92 years. Uh, let's see. A couple of uh, things to bring up in the industry as well. Some new teases and uh, job information. Disney has shared a teaser trailer for Raya and the Last Dragon, which is set for a March 12th release coming up in this up next year. It looks pretty good. Uh, the Southeast Asia-inspired fantasy follows Raya, voiced by uh, Kelly Marie Tram and the Last Dragon. Uh, Sisu, voiced by Aquafina. Uh, Don Hall and Carlos uh, Lopez Estrada have directed this. Legally Blonde 3 has pushed back its release date. No! May 2022. Mm. So, Steve, you're out of luck. Uh, And Reese Witherspoon is reprising a role as uh, Elle Woods. The MGM production was slated to open this February, but the pandemic changed everything, so they are pushing that back. By the way, Mindy Calling and Dan Gore wrote the screenplay. Well, if they wait any longer, it'll be legally dead. Yeah, right. Uh, let's see here. Rebel Wilson is branching into the drama space with the Almond and the Seahorse, a feature adaptation of Katie O'Reilly's play. Uh, Wilson will star alongside Janet McTeer. Is it like a seahorse party? Yes, it is like a seahorse party. It's ex- it's precisely like that. Uh, Janet McTeer. So Tom Stern will direct with uh, Celan Jones. The Almond and the Seahorse will be a journey into the lives of two couples who live li- whose lives become irreversibly altered through simple twists of fate. Oh, my God, it sounds incredible. That's according to the director. He said uh, we will uh, join them I in, love seahorses. in their search for the relevance in this new reality, a search that is both tragic and comedic as their worlds turn upside down. I'll knock it over. So, ah, shut up. <laughs> ah, shut up with your seahorse. So, uh, Total seahorse party. Rebel Wilson will be uh, taking a more. Have you seen her you lately? Find the seahorse thingy. No, I okay, it's okay. Casey, Casey's not here today. Marissa's filling in. Have Casey you seen Rebel Wilson? Uh, yeah, she's lost some weight. She looks great. She looks fantastic. Yeah. Yep, I agree. All right, and then one last thing, Queeby, the short video app. What did you say Queeby? Okay. Uh, the short video app that launched six months ago in early uh, April announced yesterday it's um. It's shutting down. Okay. Preston, mm-hmm. do you remember when mm-hmm. that debuted two years ago? Mm-hmm. Right, obviously. Multi-billion dollar investment. It's the short for every episode's 10 minutes. Whole bunch of celebrities associated with it. Jeffrey Katzenberg associated with it. Mm-hmm. Gone. Yeah. So uh, the video platform whose name means Quick Bites, Queeby, Quick Bites, uh, raised $1.75 billion from investors, including... Uh, Disney, NBC Universal, and Viacom, and had among its leadership, as Steve said, Jeffrey Katzenberg and former Hewlett Packard CEO Meg Whitman. It also had stars like Reese Witherspoon, Steven Spielberg, and Jennifer Lopez. 
uh, and to appear in videos, and it is gone, man. I think it's starting to answer the question which we've been asking: um, Is there too much? You know, and and how many different streaming sites and different avenues for this stuff can coexist? Like YouTube stopped doing original programming. That's how Cobra Kai ended up on Netflix. Yeah, and uh, with this. Also, in the, they thought the 10-minute bite thing was going to really resonate, but I think it's a little too little yeah, if you're getting into a plot line. Yeah, that's the thing. So I, I go to YouTube generally to watch shorter-form videos. Right. If I just want to kind of jump around and, and catch little snippets of entertainment. But not a, not a continuing series. Exactly. At nine that's, minutes. That's too short yeah. for that. I will go somewhere else for that. Right. I just... Um, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't want to see a series. I want to see just a uh, a self-contained thing. Or you'll watch a clip of a movie that you like yeah. and one particular scene. Yeah, so it was. Yeah, I, I, I was always curious as to whether or not that would work. Here's our answer. Yep. All right, uh, we're gonna do the clips. So let's get to them. We're gonna start with this one. On the eve of her first book getting published, a therapist's life turns to shambles in the new HBO miniseries The Undoing. In this clip, star Hugh Grant explains why he was drawn to this character and the show. Here we go. His complexity and his mystery, we learn more and more about him and the sort of layers of the onion come away. Uh, all, all that is fun and, and exciting. Then the whole project was top-notch, classy, Nicole Kidman, Susanna Beer, HBO. You can't say no to something like that. <laughs> uh, the Undoing premieres Sunday at 9 on HBO. Nicole Kidman looks great in this. Yeah, she's, she has, she's starting to go with uh, curly hair again. Uh, is I didn't see the the picture of her, uh, but she was yeah. still looks like she still looks young. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I think she's sort of either she's eased back on stuff or reversed some things, but I, she looks really good. I think she's eased back. I think okay. that's what it is. Backing off the Botox. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Here's the next. Uh, qu- that's an album name, by the way. Backing, <laughs> off, backing off the Botox, <laughs> but uh, backing spelled B A C K I N apostrophe. Of course. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And Bo spelled B A. B A U. Even an X you yeah, can throw yeah, in yeah, there yeah. too. All right, so a young newlywed finds herself in the midst of a battle against her husband's deceased first wife in the new Netflix movie Rebecca. In this clip, star Army Hammer discusses the chemistry between him and co-star Lily Collins. There we go. When you walk in to like meet someone for the first time, it's always like that. Hey, okay, we're gonna do this movie together. But then Ben, the director, built in three weeks of rehearsal time for us before the film. So it was like sitting around in a room, tape marks on the floor, figuring out, and basically going from there. So it was like we had all that time to get to know each other, to feel each other out, and to sort of like form what would look like their relationship in the film. Uh, so we can kind of go from there and just hit the ground running. You are so dumb. Army Hammy, uh, Army Hammer is weird to me because he is. I, I I get nothing from him. He is just like generic dude. Oh, to really? Me. I mean, he's a good-looking guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, he's he's definitely uh, you know attractive, but I, I, he doesn't stand out. To I me. completely you know what I mean? agree. Right. I completely agree. <laughs> and I I've always I've been trying to put my finger on it. There's nothing. He's impossibly good-looking. He seems competent. Yeah. And 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 uh, and he was good in the the, the social network. Uh, but um, I get I don't. There's nothing that sticks with me after yeah. I see him in anything. Yeah. He's blah. Yeah. Uh, Rebecca is available to watch on uh, Netflix now. So He's like blah. Arm & Hammer baking soda. It's a lot like that. <laughs> you guys are really selling this movie for him. I'm saying. I'm saying. I found this if you want it. What is this, Seahorse Captain? You found it. Seahorse Seashell Party? <laughs> Who didn't invite me? Why didn't I get invited? Seahorse Seahell? What is this? Get real. 
I'm in love with seahorses. I love that guy. Uh, one of the things I failed to mention is Rocktober Madness has hit the Fantastic Four. We're getting down to it, folks. We're going to find out after today who the two head-to-heads will be. And then tomorrow, it'll be the whole thing. The whole shebang. And some interesting stuff took place yesterday. So Aerosmith beat the Kinks. They move on. Led Zeppelin took out Queen. I didn't think that was going to happen, and it was a close one. Pierre and I were having a conversation in the kitchen as it was going on. He, he went out to just get something, Yep. and we had some observations, and I, and I said, listen, I, I, what do I end up listening to most and actively seek out to listen to? I would have to say Queen. Yeah, me as well. Because Zeppelin is on tap all the time. It's yep. already, it's always... So, uh, but so there you go. Yeah. On the plus side, uh, we were the ones that picked Zeppelin. That's true. Yes. Now, in the Jackson and Sarah bracket, it was uh, Petty against Pink Floyd, and Pink Floyd came out victorious over Tom Petty. Man, with that whole deluxe box edition that just came out, and his birthday just took place. So the the audience doesn't care right now no, about sentimentality. I mean, they Eddie, blew Van past Halen. Eddie Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen died, and he didn't get <laughs> yes. to go ahead. You know what though? You also have a longer career with Pink Floyd. Yes. Now, okay, whatever, man. Shine down, beat the Beatles. I know. Again. Oh boy. Whatever. But mind but listen, you, they're campaigning. They're the campaigning. band is campaigning for it. You got to respect that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to crap all over it. I'm, I'm just going to say yeah. the Beatles didn't do a damn thing. The Beatles have nothing to prove. So anyway, <laughs> all four bands that I was rooting for yesterday lost. Oh, I really was <laughs> oh for four yesterday. But I like the four remaining bands. I just don't love the four remaining bands. Yeah, so today it's going to be Aerosmith versus uh, Pink Floyd and Zeppelin versus Shinedown. And I think it's an hour each. I think they've expanded the musical format for the uh, the Fantastic Four. Yeah, you know what? I want to check on that because they could do they could wrap the whole thing up today. And you... then the finals tomorrow. Yes, but the finals are going to be tomorrow, yeah. so that's the way it's going to work. All right, so any Do you album? think anybody from Zeppelin might start campaigning? Let's, yeah, <laughs> let's tweet at Robert Plant. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Page, man, he might be fired up about it. All right, so that's taking place uh, today. We're going to take a break, come back in a second. Colin Quinn's going to be on the show. We have some stuff for you to win, and uh, we're just going to hang on your way and be careful. Very foggy on the, your start to the drive today. We'll be right back. 93.3 WMMR presents Jackson's Local Shots Artist of the Month. Tala. Celebrating our area's best talent. Bringing it to you on air, online, and in the community. Hear and see more at WMMR.com. Keyword, local shots. Tala. Jackson's Local Shots Artist of the Month. Sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. We're going to have uh, Colin Quinn on the program later this morning. Uh, the gang at Acme has come in with some giveaways. We'll have your chance to win some freebies. I want to remind you that Acme Markets is uh, opening a brand new store tomorrow. Yay. At 40th and Walnut in University City. Uh, beer, wine, uh, there's a Starbucks, full service bakery, and more Acme Fresh Foods, local flavor. So we'll do some giveaways uh, through the course of the show today. And also, we have a bonus uh, secret text word today. And this is courtesy of our friends. At Godshall's Turkey Bacon, which I think you can get at Acme. See how I tied all that in right there? Yeah. Uh, we have an authentic Brian Westbrook autographed football complete with a glass display case, courtesy of Godshall. So, if you want to win. Oh, and not only that, a six-pack of coupons good for six full-size packages of Godshall's Turkey Whoa! Bacon. Whoa! Thank you very much. 
Uh, so text word secret to 39333. We're just doing the uh, the secret text word model for today. If I won this, I would put it right next to my Donovan McNabb chafing dish. Chafing yeah. dish? You have that? I do. It's a, a, that was a limited edition. It was too. a limited edition. All right. So, and and we're only doing it one way. You need to know. You can't just. We're not going to draw a random winner. You're going to need to know the secret text word today. So, text word secret three nine three three three. Earlier this morning, I said the word snazzy. <laughs> I forgot what I was talking about, but I did use the word snazzy. There was a, an article we read a little while back that said you could use that word and and uh, not have it come off as if you're like hitting on someone or something. Saying, <laughs> right. Saying, oh, right. Wow, like, you, yeah. Well, complimenting that, someone. Yeah, by uh, at snazzy. work, instead of saying, that looks great on you, you can say, that looks yeah, awfully yeah. snazzy. <laughs> it was a stupid thing. <laughs> uh, but Steve had Steve saw this, uh, this meme making the rounds, and the title of the meme is Some of the Best Words Literally Ever. <laughs> and it says, which ones do you use? And these are all interesting words. And there are a couple on here that I do... Use likewise on a fairly regular basis. Now, some we use as part of the show for joke effect, but there are some that I incorporate into my regular speech. Yeah, uh, even though they are older. Yeah, words. there. Yeah, there's definitely words both of you use that are unique. I'd say mm-hmm. yes. So I'd like to know if you, if there's anything you want to add to this list. Our phone lines are open. Feel free to call two one five two six three WMMR. But one of the first words is bamboozled. Uh, and I think when when I some of these words automatically make me think of something in particular okay. or a scene. So I think of Malcolm X. Yes, when, I've I, been when, bamboozled. I, when I hear bamboozled, yes. you've been run amok. Right, bamboozled. We didn't end up bamboozled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Prince that, Rock landed on us because he says that right. during oh. that uh, that speech. I think getting drunk. Like I got bamboozled last night. Bamboozled oh. to me is is to be is to be conned. You got screwed over. Yeah, you got screwed over. Yeah. I yeah. think of those jelly beans that Jelly Belly put out a few years ago. <laughs> that was the name of those. You're right. Bamboozled. We yeah. played that game. Yep. Uh, or like, the really nasty tasting ones. So, and that's part of that. You would be bamboozled then. You would t- t- eat have right, something right. yes that you think Stricken is a candy you. and yet it tastes like a turd. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Bamboozled. No, I think because the word booze is in there. Yes. Next, maybe. That you kind of... Maybe I'm just an idiot who drinks too much. Gravitate <laughs> drunk. This has nothing to do with bamboo. Now, how about this one? Discombobulated. Yes. Oh, now, you will use that from time I use to discombobulated. Time. Mm-hmm. Yes, it means... Um, confused. Confused, yes. Disarray. Thrown off. Discombobulated Yeah, Nick got... I got <laughs> no. Each one of these... Last night, I got totally discombobulated. But that would actually work <laughs> yeah. if you were bombed. I think every one of the words, uh, one of these words could lead to Boozy. Okay, good. So let's find a way to, to let's get our those. discombobulation on. Oh man, I got so hammered last night that I was completely discombobulated. <laughs> so that would work. Yeah. Uh, Vomiting into the toilet last night got completely bamboozled. Here's one: malarkey. That's oh. a Joe Biden word. Wait, right? who's that somebody word? says that? I don't know. Joe Biden. That's no, 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 no. Uh, somebody here. we know. No, someone here. Is That's it the Weston? That's a no. bunch of malarkey. Is it? It might be Matt Cord. Malarkey? Maybe. I'm Matt Cord. Mm. Oh, wait, no. I'm Bill Weston. <laughs> Does Eric Simon use it? Oh, maybe. Is it Eric? Maybe, maybe. it's Eric. So malarkey, yeah, yes, it is, is Eric. Is it Eric? Okay. Yes. Uh, malarkey means bull-ass. Bull-ass, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a bunch of malarkey. And, it uh, also means getting drunk. Yeah, that too. <laughs> right. right. We got up to, yeah, it was... Uh, uh, he was speaking said, malarkey. He was so hammered. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, skedaddle. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I use that one. It's time for me to skedaddle. I gotta mm-hmm. go get some alcohol, <laughs> <laughs> so I can get completely bamboozled. I think um, I use skedaddle, and uh, so the two things I'll do, and I'll, I'll do a joke thing with my wife now. Skedaddle, skedaddle, and and, uh, and, uh, and we'll both do this thing quick like a bunny. Come on, okay, skedaddle. Right. I like, like a quick like yeah. a bunny. 
Uh, skedaddle could also. Here's here's an old word. It's short. It's not as a cool word, but it, it, but it's like skedaddle. Scat. Yeah. Scat. Get out of here. Scat also means uh, droppings. Uh, yes, it Animal does. droppings. You're right. Yes. You're right. But uh, it's also like it, it, it used to be like when you would we would scare away like a dog like, or a scat, cat. Scat. Get out of here. <laughs> that too. Uh, flibber to gibbet. Flibber to gibbet. My mom that's uses a, this one. Really? Yeah. Well, oh, actually, yeah. that's how Bill Cosby refers to his mother. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually never heard of this. The the okay. So the scene that I think of is from uh, Joe versus the volcano. One of uh, Meg Ryan's characters. She plays like three different characters yeah. in the movie. She says, "I'm a flibber to gibbet." My mom was a teacher, so she has a pretty extensive uh, vocabulary, and, and she uses it to to great extent. But she will talk about. Liberty gibbets at work or people at church, or, you know, people that just sort of uh, jabber on. Talk yes. a blue streak, as they say. Yeah. Yep. Liberty gibbet. Yeah. Uh, it just means talkative? And it means uh, getting yeah. drunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I'm drunk, I <laughs> turn into a Liberty <laughs> gibbet. Yes, you do. <laughs> Definitely no. Uh, let me go. No, you go to sleep. I see one that's not on the list that Ben wants to mention. Hi, Ben. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. What is an awesome word that uh, you use? Um, like I said, probably cattywampus. Cattywampus. Yeah. That's on the list. Uh, Is it? Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, third down. It's under discombobulated, or the one that I have in front of me, dis- uh, discombobulated. Oh, it's not on my list. Okay. All right, so cattywampus means like, does that mean like flipped over or the other side or backwards? Kind of, yeah, kind of like a little off. You know, okay. some little off. It's a little cattywampus. Okay. It's not a word I hear a lot, but I love to use it. <laughs> I, I had thought it was like, uh, yeah, that you, when, you know, he got he got turned over, caddy, cattywampus, you know. You, you yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, uh, something like that. Like yep. something was knocked use over. Use it in a sentence, if you would. Uh, so, dude, this car came in, slammed into mine, knocked us across the street, and we ended up flipped over cattywampus. You know, so okay. I, I don't know. That, not, that's the, what how I... It's a fun word to say. Yeah, it doesn't have anything to, to do with ejaculate? Here you go. See, here you go. It means askew, awry, yeah. or crooked. Oh, okay. Uh, we don't know the word. It has been around for more than a century, and it is spill, spelled many different ways, such as, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I was actively reading that, and you throw, turned it off. Throw that back up, Connor. I was unaware that the there, it was coming to... <laughs> He's doing everything. Okay. Uh, no one made me aware, aware that that was uh, going to come off the screen. There, uh, it w- may derive from the word uh, Scots, w- the Scots word "wampish," meaning to wriggle, wriggle, twist, twist or swerve, or swerve. That's uh, part of the complaint. All right, right. Caddy Wampus. All right, uh, let's see. How about <laughs> let, let me go to Egon? Yo, Egon. Mm-hmm. Good morning. Hey, hey what's up, buddy? I've always liked smorgasbord. It's a perfect way to describe a big, huge spread on yeah. the table. You know? I hate that word. Oh, you do? Well. I do. What, 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 I, what, does it, what does it generate in your mind when you hear it? Smorgasbord. It, it's that shh part of it. Smorgasbord. What did you say? Um, Pastor, why don't you have some of my smorgasbord? I can't put my finger on it, but it's always bothered. Some oh, words so Some words piss people. Well, moist, we know you don't oh, yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so smorgasbord. See, I like that better than a, than buffet. Like, to me, buffet just, I think of, like, gross, cheap food. No, okay. a smorgasbord, you think, is, is can be a higher level of food? Yes, a higher you level. Associate like, with we, a, like, almost... Um, a, a buffet you would associate with, like, a Vegas... But, like, yes, exactly. Yeah. But also, buffet, you're, you're going somewhere. Like, the smorgasbord is at home. Like, we've made oh. this, and oh. we've, we've, we've created all of this together, right. like a party oh. or whatever. Because okay. I think of, like, Shady Maple, like, a, just a ton of food out with, uh, uh, almost like a buffet, but not higher end. Shady Maple? Yeah, that place out to... We, Near we Lancaster? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's 
signs all over the place. Yeah. I hate those signs. <laughs> do do well, they use they... smorgasbord in yeah. their? Yes, okay. they, they yeah, will they offer do. up a, a yes, smorgasbord. Well, also they uh, they have a uh, an open bamboozle all uh, <laughs> if, if you well, go there. Then that's why I think of shady maple because I've only seen those signs and I've never gone. That's exactly right. But it makes me think of like gluttony. Like, yeah, like, like yes. Leon, no, I understand that. Like you can't even get to every like a like a like a. Service. Well, it's not quite the same, but like a bacchanalia or like a like a which is a big over a big orgy type party. <laughs> a bacchanalia. Yeah, yeah, I have never in my life heard of that. <laughs> I love that. that word. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, not me. Bacchanalia. I yeah, but guessed. I think. I think sex when I think bacchanalia. I think the orgy, yeah. yeah. Okay. But I mean, yeah, it can. It has applications. Yeah, like, okay. it's, you know, it's like, oh, it also means getting drunk. It's uh, yes. Yeah, well, it's related to Bacchus, which is yeah. the Greek uh, god of alcohol. So yeah. it all comes back to booze. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Bring it back. Uh, I'm gonna go to Brian. Hey, Brian, how you doing? Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, what's one of the best words ever? Ninny. Ninny. Oh, like a bunch of ninnies. You know what I hear ninny? You know what I automatically think of? Dr. Smith from Lost in Space. Okay. You ninny. All right, Brian? Yes. What uh, Do you use the word ninny? Yes, I'm a big burly guy, and when I'm drunk at the bar, I always scream, you effing ninny. (laughs) (laughs) I know that word from... A movie that that's a, a dated movie like uh, Gangs of New York or something like that. Where sure. they use the word ninny because it's certainly you know older in its vernacular. So um, here's a couple other ones that are on this list. Uh, whippersnapper. Yeah, that's an old person's word. Right. Talking You're about a young a young whippersnapper. Yeah, yeah. little whippersnapper. I think I'll use that jokingly sometimes. Whippersnapper when you uh, when you talk to, to your son. Yeah. Oh, your son. <laughs> no, no. Because no. I'm so young. I'm so young and. A little nipper snap, whippersnapper. Still a whippersnapper. I, I do kangaroo yoga. <laughs> All right, now here, here's one that I don't believe. It's a great word, but it doesn't belong on this list because I can't think of any use for it other than the actual product that it is, which is pumpernickel. It's a bread. It's a bread. I've never used that as, as an adjective. No. You're such a rye bread. Yeah. It is a good bagel. It is, yeah. It's a really good bread. Pump, I love pumpernickel bread. It's fantastic. Well, um, on particular sandwiches, it's quite good. And does is that the bread that they serve at um, Outback? Outback? Yeah, because it's a black, you know, it's it's a dark colored bread. Yes, and I think uh, that's I, what I don't they go serve to Outback all that much, but Outback. I yeah, I would imagine because it, it's not Australian in age. It, no, <laughs> well, there's no way, is it? I don't know. It's a good question. But uh, wait, so what else? Check, check on pumpernickel if you would. If Nick, there's a see. slang for pump, yeah. you know, if pumpernickel has right, a, a slang it, meaning, oh, it's German in etymology, Steve. So not Australian. Not Australian. <laughs> I think it's 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 fig, it figures prominently. Wait. Uh, in, oh wait, go back to that, Nick. Hold on, it said boys in the hood. They use pumpernickel. German for pumpern. Yeah. To break wind, <laughs> and nickel goblin. So it's a goblin fart. Is what pumpernickel means. Wow. Uh, from its uh, reputed ind- indigestibility. Think about that the next time you have pumpernickel. I mean, so it makes come you on. Goblin, goblin fart. Let me go eat some goblin farts. Wow. Okay. Didn't uh, know well, that. One quick question on the on the derivation of smorgasbord. Mm. Uh-huh. I'm assuming that that's Swedish and or German. Maybe it's that. It always had a German ring to it. Yeah. To me. Uh, and the board part, I would assume, is like the table. You know, that's or what I always thought of. Just your board. Uh, smorgasbord. Scandinavian. Scandinavian. Yeah. Originating Swedish. in Sweden. There you go. Steve. Okay. Yep. Buffet style with multiple hot and cold dishes of various foods on a table. And so if you, you go. go to Shady Maple Smorgasbord on your birthday, you eat for free. Really? <laughs> yep. Nick has them all behind it. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I want to go. I want to see Nick's Nick's Raiders of the Lost Dark movie, and all he does is go to the free buffets and smorgasbord. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Just got free pumpernickel. 
All right, Nick, I'm going to go to this one, and you in particular. I'm going to see what movie you think of when Chrissy gives us one of her favorite words. Hi, Chrissy. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, Preston. Good morning. All right, so what's a great word? It's lollygag or lollygagging. Yeah. Yeah. Bull Durham. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You lollygag around the base. You lollygag around the field. What do you call them? Lollygaggers. You know what makes me think of? Blazing Saddles. What scene has uh, lollygag? L- when they go out to the, w- when they're digging, <gasps> lollygagging around. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That's right, that's right. Uh, and do you, do you like to use it? La- it, it is, is not. not. And, I, um, and it should be, though. That's a good one. My mom, sometimes when we're trying to get somewhere and she's she's older and she's taking her time, I'm like, you're lollygagging. Come yep. on. Yeah, yeah. All right, and thank you. You say, shut up, old woman, I'll throw you in a home. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is an, an older person's word for sure, poppycock. Oh, Pop- yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's it's also of, the name of a popular brand of popcorn. That's right. Yeah. But it means that's a bunch of malarkey. Yes, it means malarkey. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. it's a bunch of Stop crap. Stop trying to bamboozle me. Yeah. Uh, here's a word I love. Persnickety. Persnickety. Yeah. Yeah, I've used pers- I use persnickety. You have? I, I, yeah, on the air a number of times. I've heard you use it. And you know what it makes me think of when I hear that is a video. It was on. I saw it on YouTube years and years and years ago. It's an older woman who went to get a tattoo on her back. Oh, and no. anytime the guy would just, I mean, even just yeah. touch her skin with a needle, she would freak out. <laughs> and he's going, he's like, you got to stay still. You got to stay still. I'm going to mess up your tattoo here. And she turns around and she goes, don't get persnickety with me. <laughs> and I don't know why, but I always right. think of that. Right, someone who's a little fussy, I tend yeah, to think yeah. of someone. Yeah, persnickety. Yeah. Who's acting persnickety. All right, here's another one. This, it's a great word, but it only means one thing. I guess, you, yeah, well, you can use it as an insult. Dingleberry. Right. Yeah. Dingleberry is a... Uh, is, is It's uh, balls of poop that are stuck in your the butt. The hairs hair. of your ass. Yeah. Yes. That's, you know... Right. Or toilet paper that is, has gotten caught up in there. It, it was Einstein who first coined the phrase <laughs> dingleberry. A dingleberry. Was but, it ever actual berry related, or is it just a... Uh, I don't know. Look up the, uh, look up the origin of oh, it. Oh, a small cranberry. Oh, and dingleberry is a small cranberry. In the southeastern United States. I never like... crap cranberries. <laughs> All right, here's the use. Uh, in, the, in the United States, informal, it's called a foolish, stupid, or contemptible person. And for slang, a piece of dried fecal matter clinging to the hair around the anus. Wow. That sounds better than hey, my yeah, That's definition. on Merriam-Webster's website. That's so. on Webster! <laughs> yeah. Wow. But it's also a cranberry. I immediately think of the of the slang version. I don't think of yeah. Yeah. Dingle, yeah. the dingleberry. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, let's go to some more calls. I will go to who haven't who's been on hold for a while. Let's go to uh, John. Hey, John, how you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm sorry, John. We couldn't hear you. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, I had actually two words. It's um, rhubarb for baseball and uh, Donnie Brook. A uh, Donnie Brook is a, is a is a fight. Yeah, right. Right. But rhubarb is a is a vegetable. Yeah, yeah but they also use it as a baseball fight slang. They use that as a, like a bench clearing brawl. They'll call a rhubarb. Rhubarb. Yeah. When you hit a run and the bases are loaded, that's a grand rhubarb. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. I used to call it a parsnip myself. But um, <laughs> hang on, jo- Nick. Have you ever heard of that? No. And Nick's the biggest baseball no. fan here. Yeah, I love rhubarb so much Thanks, as a Sean. random vegetable uh, or random food. Matt was, we were just laying in bed one day. He's like, what should I make as my next beer? I was like, I don't know. You should throw rhubarb in something. Yeah. And he did. 
Yeah. Strawberry rhubarb, and it was delicious. thing about rhubarb is you need to add a lot of sugar to it for it to taste good. That's why it's always uh-huh. in sweet stuff. It's actually a vegetable. I, I think of Nicholson in the first Batman movie when he goes, and that's something in your rhubarb. Yeah. What right. is it like a celery or a root? What it exactly looks like is a it? celery, yeah. Okay. So it's red. It's a red celery-looking vegetable. But rhubarb in baseball is slang for a fight or argument among players. And I've or never umpires. heard that. Me neither. Okay. I, all, I think I like of uh, Garrison Keillor because he talks about rhubarb pie on his show. <laughs> but I the, love rhubarb pie. I'm the only one. Late Wobegon days. We're not I like that. Well, yeah. And I like Felty. I sometimes <laughs> listen to NPR. <laughs> I like old, old Maud Frickett's rhubarb pie. And I also like Felty. <laughs> I, I knew it could go somewhere. When that pie would sit on her windowsill, the smell would waft down across Lake Wobegon. And I thought to myself, time to go Felty. Dude, there is a there is an outtake from the movie The Martian where Jeff Daniels is explaining to Kristen Wiig what felching is. <laughs> and he does it so clear yeah. and straight. <laughs> we'll have to find it. It's bleeped. It's bleeped yes. out. But she's just like, oh, my God. <laughs> she like, cannot believe it. Uh, Marissa's <laughs> rushing off to see if she can find it, maybe. Uh, I want to go to, I, I like this one. I'm going to go to Barry. Hey, Barry, good morning. Hi, Grandma. Hey, Grandma. Hi, Grandma. All right, so uh, some of the best words literally ever. What do you want to add to that list? I love calling people, and this is just recently within the past couple of years, and I don't know why. I love calling people scallywags. Scallywags. It's a great it's word. Kind of a, I, kind of, I always put it in the context of a pirate, pirate yeah. ease, you Me know? Me too. Yeah, scallywag. I, I like to. I like to think of it as like a nice way of calling someone an idiot or something on those lines. Yeah, okay. it's it's a softer way of doing that. Yeah, uh, there's a there's a scene in Mrs. Doubtfire where he goes to the restaurant near the end and he's yeah. got to go back and forth between the two tables, the studio head and the family, and and changes clothes. And the studio head is making him drink all this scotch, and he's getting hammered. Yeah. And they're toasting one. He goes, "You old scallywag!" <laughs> I love that word. See, it all comes back to alcohol. That's yeah. a, there once again. <laughs> Uh, all right, here's a couple more on the list, and we'll go to some more phones. Uh, flabbergasted. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's a great Stunned. word. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm flabbergasted. Flabbergasted. I don't know what to say. I'm flabbergasted. I'm totally pumpernickled. I'm so wasted. I drank so much, I'm flabbergasted. <laughs> uh, here's another one, and a great uh, place to go in the Poconos. Shenanigans. Yes. You kids and your shenanigans. That's that is a, that's a grandparent term. Yeah. What You're, kind of shenanigans are you up to? Were um, you out there felching? <laughs> the, the, um, <laughs> the place shenanigans is the place you guys always go to, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's the uh, the karaoke thing going I, on. I, I think their tagline is legit. Sooner or later, everybody ends up sh- at shenanigans, and that's right. because they do. So shenanigans can be up to no good. Yes. But it can also be an activity. Playful. Uh, yeah. Playful. Yeah. What what yeah. shenanigans are we going to get right. into tonight? Uh, here is by far and away a Bill Weston word. Yes, kerfuffle. Oh, a kerfuffle. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he he uses. He's used that in a meeting, mm-hmm. and, and we've started using it. Yes, it was a, a Jim Jackson word. Yes, you you got him That's to use right. kerfuffle in a Flyers broadcast. Which could work because when there's a fight, you know that could be that's, that's, that's a, 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 a light term for a, a dust yeah, up, a, a dust up, a kerfuffle, a Donnybrook, uh, a rhubarb. Yeah, that's right. As we know now, and here's another one: nincompoop. You oh, that's great. nincompoop. That's another Doctor Smith. Yeah, you nincompoop. You pusillanimous nincompoop. Where else? Who else used that as like a uh, as a fra- a tagline or, or I mean a, a catchphrase? You nincompoop. Hitler. Maybe. Yeah. You guys, good night. 
It does sound like it. SpongeBob? All right. SpongeBob? Did SpongeBob use an income poop, Preston? Uh, uh, no. No? Not that I know of. Maybe, um, no? Squidward? I don't know. I was looking for pop culture references, and SpongeBob popped up. Here's JJ uh, using kerfuffle for it. Just one for the Flyers. Voracek is tied up here. And that is Hagelin. Voracek drops the gloves and starts hammering away. So does Hagelin, but Hagelin's not hammering. We get a second kerfuffle. That's Carcillo's got through. Is that continued? <laughs> Carcillo. <laughs> wow, kerfuffle. I love it. Uh, let's see. Uh, here's one that I do. I use uh, two of them actually back to back. Thingamajig and whatchamacallit. Yeah, and they're, they're both usually used that way. And one that I have started using because I think we had a similar conversation one morning about this type of thing, and somebody called in and used this word, and now I use it all the time. Right. Who's he? What's it? <laughs> Who's oh, that's he? What's a good it? one? Yeah, give I me like the, that. Give me. You know, I was it there with the with the Who's he? What's it? The thing. The 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 thing. It's you a know? term you you describe to something you can't find a term for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chuck has his own version of that, and I love it. What is it? Uh, it's the How you doing? <laughs> yeah, you know, how are you doing over yeah, there? Yeah, they, they picked up the how you doing, yeah, and, yeah, and, right. and uh, then, you know, she was happy, and uh, we did one of the... <laughs> he does that, too. Yeah, yeah. I always default to the uh, friggin' thing. Yeah, you he, you got a... <laughs> on, yeah. your, who's, on your uh, how you doing over there. Is I enjoyed the, uh, the whatchamacallit candy bar from the, from the 80s, and their commercials sort of played on that. Right. It had so much stuff in it. It did, yeah. There was crispy rice and yeah. chocolate and nougat, maybe. I don't Ant. know. Ants. <laughs> Why not? Gave it that name. Uh, let's go to. All right, this one I don't know, and it is Chris who wants to add to this. Hey, Chris, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, morning, fellas. Ged Zooks. Ged Zooks, sir. I'm good. All right, what is this word that do you think is awesome? Indubitable or indubitably? Oh, uh, indubitably. Indub- like, abso- I like that. Yeah, in- absolutely. It's impossible yeah. to doubt or undoubtable. Right. But in what was the other one? Indubitably. Indub- no, indubitable, you said. Yeah, indubitable. indubitable. No, no, he's saying both. He's saying the the the, uh, the, the both versions of the word. Okay, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Indubitably. Indubitably. Like <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I know, it's what it says up there. Somebody that maybe looks like the Monopoly man would use that, you know. Right. Like, uh, indubitably. Okay, so I keep right. thinking these words are they have a they have a place in my memory. Uh, and this one is weird. So at the, <laughs> do you remember Schoolhouse Rock? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And remember, lale, 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 get your adverbs here. Right. Mm-hmm. At the very end of it, the last thing, there's a three-part harmony when they just go, indubitably. <laughs> <laughs> so these words, for some reason, have this little exclamation point yeah. uh, and memory uh, that they trigger in my mind. They're, uh, they're with sentence enhancers, Preston. Very good. Uh, I will go to Vince. Hey, Vince, how you doing, bud? Hey, good morning, it. Good morning, good morning. it, sir. <laughs> What's an awesome word? I love using the word filibuster. Yes. And it has political overtones. It does. I hardly ever use it in the correct context, but it just always sounds funny. All right, then what is, what is give us an example of your context. Uh, so, uh, like, the old lady will be yelling at me for something I did, and I'll just start screaming filibuster, so she, they, she totally <laughs> shuts it down. <laughs> so you just, you throw it out as a distraction of sorts? Yeah, just kind of, you know, keep them, keep them guessing, you know, they're always confused. You just start yelling filibuster, and nobody really knows what to do. <laughs> That's a great argument. That's awesome. If she's prattling on and on and on, that could constitute a filibuster if yes. you're having an exchange of ideas. Yeah. 
And it's, it seems to work every time, so I'm going to keep doing it. All right. Good. You know what? And if that doesn't work, snap her side mirror off. So I guess the, the perfect example of that would be Mr. Smith goes, goes to, to Washington. Washington. Yep. He, he has he goes on such a long filibuster, he loses his voice at one point. Right. Um, here's a couple other ones. Uh, flummoxed. Flummoxed. Confused. Exacerbated. Mm-hmm. No, no, I mean, no. ex- 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 exhausted. Flabbergasted. Flabbergasted. Right. Uh, gobbledygook, which means uh, gibberish. Yes. Yeah. Bunch of gobbledygook. I always think of uh, the Green Mile because uh, um, uh, Tom Hanks' character mentions that. And, and when a gobbledy gets excited, that's what is <laughs> a little, produced. A little gook comes out. All right. Do you want to hear? Is this felching? Yes. All right. So this is from the movie <laughs> The Martian. Okay. It's uh, a... <laughs> Somebody says felching, or, or they might may have even mentioned Frida Felcher from uh, Dumb and Dumb Dumber. And, Dumber. and yeah. of course, Jeff Daniels right. is in Dumb and Dumber. And so, uh, Kristen Wiig goes, what's felching? And then he describes it plainly to her. So, let's, I haven't heard this in a while, so let's see how this goes. I'm sorry, what's a fel? It's when someone, with or without a straw, okay. sucks the out of a or an after a or <clears throat> she's just like, oh, I mean, he just flat out tells her in very graphic terms what it is. I love it. Uh, two more words on this list, and we'll get a couple more. We're gonna have to take a break. But um, canoodle, we use a lot on this show regularly. Uh, that's to uh, physical affection. Yes, canoodle. exactly. Now, this one I don't know, Steve. Cod swallop. I've heard of cod swallop. It's not a word I've ever used, so I don't I don't know the meaning. Yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not familiar with that cod swallop. Nick That's is just like a um, uh, like an expression of uh, you know what I'm, I'm not going to get. I, it. I, I, it I assume it's the, the the nonsense is what the de- the definition is up here that uh, Connor pulled up on the screen. So cod swallop is that's a bunch of cod swallop, and I think you can use it as an, uh, to exclaim something, exclaim something like. Cod swallop, you know, almost like a curse if you're right. uh, British okay. or Scottish. Odds bodkins. Uh, that's another one, actually. Yeah, so here's an example. Um, I muttered, yes, that's right, knowing all the while that it was a load of cod swallop. So it's about a load. Yeah, it's, a, it's yeah. once again, it's like felching. J.K. Yeah. Rowling uses <laughs> it in uh, in Harry Potter. All right, let me let me get a couple more here. I'm going to go to uh, Bill. Hey, Bill. Good morning, guys. Hey. Sorry your work. No, what's up, bud? Tell us uh, what you think is an awesome word. I got two of them. Right. When me and my guys go out to the local watering hole, one of us always gets schnockered. Yeah, yes. I've always loved that word. Schnockered's a great schnockered. word. Schnockered. Yeah. And the person who gets schnockered always wants to start trouble, and I'll tell the person, I'm going to turn you into FUBAR. FUBAR, yes. yes. That's what you're short for. Beyond F- all recognition. recognition. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Nice. All right, Bill. There used to be a club here called FUBAR, you remember? Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. I did in, commercials uh, for In them. University yeah. City. Um, so schnockered and follow up on that. I used to also say shellacked. Yes. Uh, when getting, uh, when tying one on, it does all come back to booze, doesn't it? (laughs) There's a lot of, a lot of stuff that Uh, centers around, uh, imbibing. Let me go to Denise. Hi, Denise. Good morning. Good morning. All right, Denise, what word do you want to add onto this list of awesome words? Okay. I have the best word ever (laughs) and it has to be used accordingly. Oh, please tell. Strapper. Strapper? Okay. If you look in Urban Dictionary, derived from South Philly, meaning a loser, corny, Kamar, someone embarrassed because they are the corniest <laughs> to the core level of corn. 
Okay. Okay, so a strapper is just someone who's excessively corny and cheesy. But it's a it's yeah. a local term. I guess it's a lo- I never really thought it was a local ter- term, but it has to be used accordingly. You can't just like throw it out in a sentence. Okay. Okay. Denise, can the- can you give us an example of when you might use it? Um I'm trying not to curse that's okay. why. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate that. Uh, oh God, let me say it's hard oh, not to me- curse in South Philly. Uh, all right. I'm just, for example, okay. I'm just going to say Casey was a real strapper last night at the Flyers game, meaning he got really trashed and he grabbed okay. like Gritty's balls or something. Okay. <laughs> Grab he grabbed Gritty's balls. He's a real balls. strapper. What a strapper. You know, right. yeah, Casey thanks. introduced the term ham and egger thanks, Denise. to me. I'd never heard that. And what is that? You know what? It's actually, it's mentioned in Rocky. Yeah, uh, it when, is. When he goes to uh, the promoter. I could have used that yesterday in our, in our <laughs> game. Uh, and they, they tell him, you know, he gets a shot at, with, with Creed. And he goes, hey, no, listen, I'm just a ham and egger. Meaning uh, the derivation of it is that. Instead of ordering steak, all all you can afford is ham and eggs. You're you're basically low rent. Just a ham and egg. Yeah. Um, so that's I'd never heard of it before until Casey brought it up. I'd never paid attention to it. Don't get persnickety with me, Rock. Kind of totally flummoxed. One last caller because Nick's been on hold for a long time. And then stay on the line because I want to mention these other words. Uh, you know what? I'll do it now. Yeah. Scuttlebuck. Scuttlebutt. Scuttlebutt. Uh, Geedunk. Scuttlebutt is sort of the chatter. The, the what's the word? Uh, rigmarole says Adam. Vince says roughhousing. Yes. Uh, Samantha says agita. Use that a lot, Steve. You it's, do. It's, uh, it's a stomach. Your your upset stomachs. Agita. And T- tense. Here's a word I like. Tootsie. Or oh just, yeah. Or just toots. Hey toots. Hey toots. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey yeah, toots. HR my name would, is the prince. Yeah. You can't use that at work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tim says uh, fibber and geezer, and then uh, Brian says Cunningham. Yeah, if you're a wait, fibber is that like I'll, I'll use that as like yeah, as like a liar. liar, but not not as harsh as a liar. Like you're right. you're eh, really not telling fib. the whole truth. Yeah, I think you, you it's like it's soft, like a filthy dickhead. No, stop. <laughs> this is our friend Brian Cunningham. Oh, oh! <laughs> His last name made it into the other side. Right, Brian, I'm not going to be able to go to you, but he says inconceivable, which is inconceivable. And then uh, Nick's been on hold for like 20 minutes, so I'm going to go to him. Hey, Nick, how you doing? Hey, good morning. Ed. What is the <laughs> awesome word you want to add to the list of the best words ever? I was thinking like ne'er do well, like the old thirties term for like like just bad kids, I guess. Yes, yeah. ne'er do wells. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that word. I, I, I'll use that fairly frequently. Actually, he's a bit of a ne'er do well. Yes, stay away a from scoff him. law. Yeah. yeah. All right, Nick. Thank you. I appreciate. it. There's some good stuff out there. We need to bring back some of these words. Yeah. One of my favorites putt. is bimbo. You can't throw that one around. Either. Bimbo, no, bimbo yeah. is not accepted. But putt is. Putt is accepted. Try to incorporate putt oh. into some sentence today. Nick brought up a good one uh, from Wikipedia. Jabberwocky. Jabberwocky. <laughs> that was a character. Word. Yeah, and uh, Lewis Carroll, who did uh, Alice, uh, Alice's Adventures in the Wonderland and, and yeah. all that. But he was great at uh, him. And um, uh, the guy that wrote Gulliver's Travels came up with some Jonathan really, Swift. Yeah, great, uh, great words as and well. And Dr. Seuss. Yeah, oh, my God. He came yeah. up with great ones. All nonsense, but then... Uh, and Yep. up in our vocabulary. I like yeah. uh, copacetic. That's, that's a good a, one. That's a great word, yeah. too. I do like you that. You got to keep it copacetic. <laughs> <laughs> now that's going to happen. Let's keep them separated. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Keep it copacetic. All right. Uh, anyhow, thanks for your contributions. We appreciate it. You know what? Let's set you up with something. I have a $50 gift card for Acme Markets for caller number 10 at 215-263-WMMR. 
Their new University City store has some new features. A poutine bar. <laughs> sushi, sushi and poke bowls. Fresh focaccia pizza. A barbecue carving station. Uh, this is awesome. And a made-to-order sandwich bar. And let me say it again. A poutine bar. <laughs> uh, it opens tomorrow in University City. So caller number 10, let's give you the 50 bucks worth of gift cards. And uh, you can head over there and have all the poutine that $50 can buy. 215-263-WMMR. We'll be back in just a moment. Hit up the WMMR.com contest page for your chance to win the Bud Light Platinum Seltzer Homegate Kickoff Prize Pack, including a $100 Primo Hoagies gift card, a four-pack of custom pint glasses, a case of Bud Light Platinum, and more. All delivered personally by members of the Preston and Steve Show. WMMR.com. Everything that rocks. Don't forget, we have a chance for you to win an autographed Brian Westbrook football in a glass case. And we're doing it with a secret text word today. It's courtesy of our friends at God Shoals. Uh, Turkey Megan, you also get a six-pack of coupons good for six full-size packages of God Shoals Turkey Megan. So text the word SECRET to 39333. By the end of the show, we're going to find a winner. Somebody to call in with that secret text word. Right now, we're going to do the Bizarre follow Now, bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. And let's do the B-File. It is brought to you this morning by Robbins Diamonds in Tax-Free Delaware with thousands of rings and self-serve cases and absolutely no sales tax versus the 8% tax in Philly. Robbins, Delaware, Diamonds. A one-in-a-million farming accident last week resulted in the arm of an experienced worker being completely severed after it was caught in a hay baler. Oh, my God. Hay balers are dangerous. Yeah, farmer Nathan McPherson and his good friend Adam Simmons said uh, they were both uh, in New South Wales. Uh, He said that uh, he was lucky to escape with his life after he became entwined in the hay baler. That's hay. Baler. (laughs) Mr. McPherson said he was just going, he was doing a routine check on his baler and had gotten his hand caught in the baler and it took it completely off of the elbow. And he said, in the way he is, he's a good man, full of character. He jumped in the tractor and drove the 400 meters to find uh, the paddock where they were stacking bales to get help. A helicopter had transported him from the property to a hospital. Closest we got. Yeah, that's... We don't have a hay baler, but we have a chainsaw. So imagine the sound of the chainsaw you're hearing as a hay hay baler. Uh, He said for his arm to be completely off his body for uh, three and a half hours and rolling around in a baler, for them to secure the arm back on is a one in a million story, I hope. So they actually got it out of the machine. It's amazing. And they were able to reattach it to him, and he's slowly getting feeling back into the uh Isn't the, that stunning? I mean, fingers. I yeah. guess it's a, it's an issue of how much time between the wound and the operation to reattach it. Yeah. Because you think of the, the sensitivity of those nerves. Yeah, the, and reattaching those nerves, I, I don't know how they Reattached, do it. and it feels so good. Uh, Mr. McPherson said the incident served as a reminder. Farmers and agricultural workers should not become complacent when operating machinery. Yes. A 20-year-old suburban Detroit woman who was declared dead. This is a follow-up. This is a terrible story. Uh, she was declared dead only to be found alive at a funeral home in August. Remember oh, this? Oh, what happened? She died. Oh, man, this is a horrible story. Uh, Tamisha Beauchamp died Sunday at Children's Hospital in Detroit. Uh, the family had called 911 on August 23rd because she appeared to be suffering from serious breathing problems. Emergency medical technicians and paramedics responded, and a doctor who didn't attend the scene pronounced her dead 
after one of the first responders reported by telephone that she had been unresponsive for 30 minutes and showed no signs of life. Remember the family said they, they saw her still breathing? Yes. And they were like, yeah, it's because of the medication we gave her and that's right. going to go on for a while. Well, what so, was this, like a Zoom autopsy? I don't know, but it was weird. So they ended up taking her to the ho- the uh, funeral home. The funeral home realized she was still alive. They got her out of there. They took her to the hospital. She was in critical condition ever since. Uh, her family said they are now devastated by her death. They have, as no surprise, filed a $50 million federal lawsuit against the city and four of the first responders who attended. Uh, they said she died as a result of massive brain damage that was suffered when paramedics wrongly declared her dead and failed to provide her much-needed oxygen. Mm. Uh, so that's pretty wild. All right, a lighter and local story. Uh, I got this from uh, 6ABC. A Downingtown barbershop owner got quite the surprise when she arrived to work to find a deer was inside her business. Steve, they have full video footage saw, of this happening. It's, a, it's amazing. The deer jumps through the window. It's yeah. uh, Jennifer Brady, by the way, and she's adorable. They they interviewed her. She was hilarious. Uh, owner of JB's Barbershop opened last month in the Callum Village Shopping Center around 5 a.m. Her surveillance camera captured a deer crashing through one of the, jobs, the, uh, uh, the shop's windows, and it was inside there for four hours after she came to open it up. The deer was... And jumping up and, and slamming into mirrors and stuff, it thought that it was seeing another deer. Right, right. You I know? felt you felt horrible, and also because it had kind of like a, a slippery floor, it was finding it hard to get traction on the floor. Yeah, it was a hardwood. It floor. did stop for a quick blowout, though. Uh, she <laughs> said it was like a six-point buck. I'm staring at it. I was like, I can't believe this right now. And then it started going crazy, jumping up on the stations. <sighs> And uh, then before she knew it, the deer jumped out the broken window and took off. It was in there for four hours. It didn't leave until she showed up yeah, and then jumped out the window. Uh, She said she had to explain to her customers what it uh, had to reschedule because of what happened. She said they couldn't believe what they were hearing. But she said, at least it wasn't somebody trying to rob me. There was no ill will involved. It was just nature at its (laughs) finest. So the deer got out of there. I don't know if they saw any blood or anything like that, but I guess it's okay. Uh, In California... A woman says she found, this is terrible, found a headless bear on the side of the road in the foothills. The bear was found dead on the side of the road with its head and paws missing near Forest Hill. That doesn't sound, it, so these are like poachers? Uh, they, they don't know, they're guessing. So the horrifying discovery was made by a mother who was trying to enjoy nature's beauty with her children. The Department of Fish and Wildlife is now launching an investigation. They believe that they're looking into how the animal died. Not suicide. Whether a poaching or crime was committed. It'd be kind of tough for a bear to cut off its own head. So I think they've ruled that out. Uh, they will also look for evidence of selling bear parts on the yeah. black market. Yeah. Uh, they say at least... Once here, they investigate a case involving a bear, but they've never had an incident where its head and all four paws were missing. Fish and Wildlife said that if someone intentionally tortured the bear, there may have been a vehicle parked on the side of the air road in the area, and they're asking anyone who may have seen anything to come forward if they did. And there you go. That is what I have in the Bizarre File. I actually have two other bear stories that we'll get to in the next run of the B-File. All right. Let's take a break and come back in just a moment or two. Don't forget that Colin Quinn's going to be joining us around 9 o'clock. And a reminder also, we have that Brian Westbrook autographed uh, football courtesy of Godshalls for you to win via secret text word. So text the word secret to 39333. Yes, Nick. He's up next, Colin Quinn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Casey got that wrong when he, when he was Yeah, it says 9 morning. o'clock. So, nope. all right, we'll talk to Colin when we get back. Stay with us. better. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on the MMR mobile app. 
Go to IHateStevenSinger.com to schedule a free one-on-one virtual appointment with the real expert jeweler. Real diamonds, real people, real jewelers. Steven Singer Jewelers. Meet Krista, Steven Singer's most loved engagement ring and take stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. It's easy. Just go to IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Somebody had tweeted, uh, I saw a little while ago, that it's Scooby-Doo fog. Yes, right. absolutely. Oh, yes. And it well, always end up something happens, it's the caretaker. Yeah, it must be. Um, all right, so our next guest, uh, we're excited to have him on. In fact, I got a text from somebody who's really stoked that he's coming on. Somebody who said that if we do the battle of the so-called experts again, they should be in the Colin Quinn column. Yeah, well, he's, um, he's state-of-the-art. They've already read the book. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so, so they're on it. And uh, if you're good... I might have a chance for you to win a copy of that book and a ticket to his virtual book presentation at the Free Library, which is going to be on Friday. Uh, the book, by the way, is called Overstated, a coast-to-coast roast of the 50 states. <laughs> Please welcome Mr. Colin Quinn yeah. to the show. Good morning, guys? Colin. <laughs> What's happening? How you doing, bud? I'm fine. We, we do um, we do a big energetic open. We're, we're thrilled to have you on. It's, it's, it's cool, especially since you have two... Two projects, Colin, and uh, uh, the book is getting great reviews, and that's got to feel good. Well, first of all, I thought the intro was too energetic. <laughs> you do that with all your guests, and then they're like, and here they go, and then they go, hi, how are you? I know. It's, it's so- wondering why this feels like a weird anticlimax in your intro and the guests coming on. That's probably it. Well, we can't, t- t- we can't tamp down our enthusiasm, no. so it was legit. <laughs> But 23 years later, I, yeah, I yeah. still haven't worked out the transition. I got to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you, you did. So you did your one man uh, uh, state show, Red State, Blue State, which was a huge yeah. hit. And it's funny because when you started in comedy, and I've been a huge fan of yours for for many years, did you ever think you would shift into sort of like a, like an urban Will Rogers or a political, you know, sort of. Um, comedy pundit because i think you provide a kind of political comedy and assessment that is in short supply and i would say that what you're providing these days is the antidote to the absolutely polar opposite sort of conflict we see going on in the country with people so divisive i think if anything's going to be the bridge is it possible it could be colin quinn well thanks i I do thank you and i do uh i do feel very moderate, even though I want to kill, make no mistake, I want to kill the uh, people that are the, the voices on both sides. Yes. So yes. it's not like I'm a moderate, it's a peaceful moderate. I'm actually a very <laughs> violent moderate. <laughs> I can't believe the idiocy that, that is now, you know, that is really the, the norm, you know, thanks mm-hmm. to social media. And so, yeah, so I'm a very, I'd like to start a violent, moderate. <laughs> a, a violent, moderate movement. I love that. I don't think that's ever existed in history. If no, you could... it hasn't. Because people think of violence as extreme, but in this case, I think it's moderate. <laughs> yes, it's, moderate it's, it's deserved. Um, no, and it's, 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 it's the truth. Uh, and, you know, we have things that are, you know, obviously what's going on with social media and so on and so forth, overstated which is a coast-to-coast roast of the 50 states. So you have sort of this um, uh, 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 take on the country, obviously through your years of comedy touring and stuff like that. You've been to sure. all parts of the country. You have a uh, an authority on, on these various states. Let me ask you then, what is the most wrongly maligned state in the union? Um, I mean, none of them. They all... 
they all get maligned as they deserve. <laughs> but, I mean, I would say if I had to pick one, I would say Iowa. Because uh, people always like, Iowa's dumb. Iowa has the highest reading level in the country for like 30 years, you know? Yeah. And if everyone's always like, oh, those idiots, what would people in Iowa think? People the highest reading level, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, not saying the most, I'm not saying they're the most exciting place to be, believe me. <laughs> But I'm saying, but they do, they're more intelligent. You Maybe know? because it's not very exciting, they sit around and read a lot. Yeah. Well, exactly. And yes. They, that's it. There's too much to do in other places. <laughs> yeah. And, um, <laughs> they do so, have an incredible roller coaster park. What what they do? Yeah, <laughs> uh, Florida is a name that you know. Florida is, and, and we'll we'll do you know obviously weird news and things like that. Preston does the, the bizarre file, and many of the stories come from Florida. What's your take on Florida? My take on Florida is that they are they are the imper like they had too much pressure to be this paradise. <laughs> And they just finally just cracked, and they're like, look, we can't live up to it. And they just cut off their sleeves and stood in the 7-Eleven parking lot and just were like, hey, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, we got the weather. We know we were supposed to be this. They just gave up. Yeah. I can see that. That makes a lot of sense. When you, it's like a kid who doesn't live up to their parents' expectations. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, so when you were putting the book together, and obviously, it, which is the, the tone of your stuff, you look for... Uh, you know, you're you're, you're calling it a, a roast, and and um, when you're when you're looking for all this stuff and you're accumulating all this stuff, is a lot of this anecdotal? Do you start do you, do you start to break open the books and and the political books and, and how, how do you put? No, not really. I mean, I did for the unconstitutional show. I really did. Yes, read a lot of old like these old constitutional books that were written, you know, and uh, back in 1900, 1880, and, and but for this one, it was more like Google it. You know, like my trying to remember when I was there. And then Googling little facts and trying to connect that with when I was there, you know. Right, right. Um, so uh, when you when you're putting this together now is uh, uh, this this book? Obviously, you work very closely with Jerry Seinfeld uh, on on the stage stuff. You've done that, uh, and you also had the HBO Max special. Explain what that is. Is this it's just driving? The comedy HBO Max special is a stand up driving. Yeah, it's a driving special where everybody comes together and we do like a comedy special, and it's just kind of you know trashing each other and then going on doing the special. It's kind of a, a I just saw the I just saw the cut yesterday, the, the final sound cut, and uh, it's kind of a you know it's 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 I think it's good. It's it's a little bit different. You know what I mean? Like stand up, but everyone's talking about who's going to bomb and stuff like that. And you know, we well, were trying you're yeah. trying to sort of capture the atmosphere that is that that you yeah. experienced prior to the show. Now you directed this. Yeah, I directed it. Yeah, and, and does that place a special onus on you? Uh, you know, obviously, is it. Is it more nerve-wracking, or did you feel it was an opportunity to, to present something that a lot of people haven't seen? Yeah, no, I felt like I, I was strutting around, actually, internally. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so I was strutting around like the director. Yeah, with the writing yeah. crop and everything? You know, well, I have to say, Bob Kelly had a good one halfway through. He goes, where is it? Because there was this, this girl, Blair, who was kind of like doing all the, you know, all the stage stuff. And, and he goes, I'm talking to him. He goes, where's the real director? I go, I am the director. He goes, no, that girl. <laughs> I want to talk to the real. <laughs> I have to say it was chillingly accurate. <laughs> have you adjusted? Because obviously we don't expect driving comedy shows to be the the eternal norm, and and we we expect things to get back to normal. But yeah. we've had we had uh, we had the uh, the Live Nation shows here in Philadelphia, and we actually you know were the host for one that uh, um, Burke Kreischer put on here. Oh, nice, yeah, Burke yeah. Kreischer's really good. 
So uh, what, what was your what was your uh, adjustment? Because I don't care how how good you are, and you can play you know big or small. Obviously, you can do it, it all. But it is kind of weird when we were up on stage and we were doing announcements. Just that, which is kind of matter of fact, it's weird to not get any or a super delayed response. Yeah, that's what's good about this show. The show you really don't hear any laughs, and uh, so it's kind of, and Chris Stefano had to go first, and then after that, voice MCs. You know what I mean? Yeah, and. Uh, and he's like, hey, honk your horn to the flash of lights after Chris DeSefano went on. So the whole show, Chris DeSefano said, well, yeah, after I went on, people are honking the horns and flashing the lights, so it looks like I bombed you. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's, kind of a, it's interesting because nobody really gets a laugh. Yeah. Everybody's the stage going, okay, that's it. I don't know how I did. Yeah. So they yeah. all said that just instinctively. It, it's a weird thing. I have to imagine you, especially with your career, and I mean, you're probably doing five six nights a week before this, right? I mean, doing yeah, stand-up? Yeah. And how, how that's, you're not doing that now. How, does it, did, did you have to work up into it? Or, I mean, it's, or, or are you? No, are, I kind of, uh, yeah, it was, it was very weird. I mean, for the show, we didn't do any, nobody did stand-up. You know, you do it so, so long, it kind of comes back a little bit. Right. And the pressure's not on you to, to get laughed, you know, that much. You know, you just, you have to remember whatever new stuff you wrote about COVID, basically. Because I said everybody has to do new stuff. Nobody has to see our act. Just talk about what's going on, you know? And um, so it, it's, yeah, it's kind of weird. But I have to say, honestly, after not doing stand-up all these months, I wish I could say I miss it. I couldn't wait to get back. And I miss it a little, but yeah. not really the way I thought I would. Huh. Well, you, you your, your career started to shift, too, from the way... Um, you know, from from a standard stand-up presentation to yeah. to the, the more theater presentation, yeah, which is I a like different that. vibe, right? Yeah, it's it's a uh, you know it's older, which I like, and <laughs> and it's also when you go into town, like you know, you just you go into these nice theaters, like, right? You know what I mean? Like there's beautiful old theaters. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, it's it's for some reason it's a different vibe completely because like oh. You know, last week, every place I go, it's like, well, last week, Little Feet was here. And <laughs> Little Feet? Yeah. <laughs> you were following them on the, on the tour cycle, were you, Colin? Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Bachman <laughs> Turner Overdrive? <laughs> yeah. And then, like, uh... You know, just it's you know it's interesting just when you when you go to these places that you you know thinking of these other people you never think are out there. That, that's got to be cool when you can when you can sign the wall of fame under Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it really is. <laughs> and people like you know oh we're, you know what's the name uh, you know Paula Cole. Or, you know, <laughs> I don't know. There's always like somebody. Yes. That, you know, that's got a couple of hits and they were out there and. You know, Joan Osborne and, and me, and, and, and but it's just kind of an interesting thing. But what was amazing to me is there's like a thousand of these beautiful, beautiful theaters all over the country. Yes, we we have a whole bunch here in, in Philadelphia. I know, I know, it's unbelievable. And 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 what the sad part is is all of this these. You know they're hanging on by a thread. These places, and and uh, we 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 got to hope we get to that. You mentioned COVID earlier. How has your COVID game been throughout all this and adapting I've to been it? In New I, York. Yeah, yeah. You've been doing a lot of writing and stuff, but you're you're still yeah, you're in New York. Yeah, I stayed in New York, and and you know it's like I'm like a New York rat. I just belong here. But I mean, it's been you know everybody. It's been out of control as far as like. You know, the homeless have been crazy. Yeah. Everybody was, when the first week, everybody's like, oh, homeless people are getting really nasty. I go, 
Well, they can't be, you know, they're, just, they're, they're the way they always are. <laughs> you, you just notice it more. I the street, I was like, Jesus, they really are. Oh, really? Well, you know, who was who, who the, the, somebody said, I forget who made the comment that, that New York is, is, is dead or, and I, I think Seinfeld himself responded saying right. it's not. It was what, 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 I mean, obviously, we, you know, we, we, we can bounce, we've bounced back from things in, throughout our history, but uh, is it, where would you put this in the list of how, you know, when you've seen the city, say, post 9-11 and so on and so forth, where is it now? No, much worse. I mean, post nine eleven was was nothing compared yeah. to how, the, how. I mean, post nine eleven was more a tragic thing, but it was you know everything was open, yeah, except for downtown below Chambers Street, you know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, below um, yeah, I think it was Chambers Street. Yeah. But anyway, but uh, no, no, now it's just so many people moved out and so many stores closed. You just feel like, oh my god, and those buildings. Here's the thing. It was empty anyway. Like all those big buildings were kind of half empty. Like they over, over developed, and real estate was like <laughs> we got to get big money. And then so half the office buildings and those apartment buildings were kind of not that crowded anyway. Right. Yeah, you now can rent. Weird. Yeah. You can rent a three bedroom place in New York City for three thousand dollars right now. Wow. Damn. Yeah. That's well, glad, nothing. That's chunk change. I'm glad my landlord didn't lower my rent. <laughs> well, you saw Cuomo was begging the, the, a lot of people who had homes out in the Hamptons just fled out there, and he was actually—he's actually been begging them to move back into the city, but they're—they're they're not. They're not seeing any impetus to do so. So it's oh. yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, you're, it, yeah. you're tried and true. You're going to stay. Well, not because I'm tried and true, but just because it's just you know what I mean, like. I can't imagine living anywhere else. You know right. I mean? I'm like a, a Stockholm syndrome. Right? <laughs> I'm like, you ever see like those, those when they do those interviews, why aren't you leaving the hurricane, you old apartment? Because like, I've been here. Say thank you. <laughs> have you right. Been, Colin, have you been back to, uh, to 30 Rock at all over the last few months? No, no, not at all. I was because we, you know, we're watching SNL and they're sort of coming back with some audience, a limited audience, but I don't know. Exactly what the experience is like in that building, because I think Fallon is taping there again and Seth Meyers is as well. But it, yeah. it's, everything is not, you know, it's limited. We, we haven't gotten back to full capacity. No, absolutely not. I mean, that's the thing. It's kind of a, you know, I don't know. It's such a weird thing with just constant testing. And then, you know, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I, I, my theory, which I which is a sound one, I believe, is that. This is because of computers. The minute computers got invented, nerds, their only other outlet used to be medical. So you'd get all the top nerds <laughs> would be working, looking at slides in, on microscopes for their whole lives. And suddenly they got into computers, and that was the rock and roll for nerds. So we're getting like fourth-level people looking in microscopes doing medical research. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, wow. the real minds have now left for your Googles uh-huh. and your and your Microsofts, and the ones who should yeah. be the smart ones are now really sub-level sitting behind That's the microscope. Correct. Yes, yeah. okay. We've got lots of nice toys, but right. we're all going to die before we can play with them. <laughs> They're so. looking in the yeah. wrong end of the microscope. Wow. Right. <laughs> Well, that, that's, even consider that. that that certainly could be true. Hey, I, I'm sorry, Steve. I want to jump in about about the book and um, the event that you're doing with the free library here in Philly. Colin, are you going to be? How's that working? Are you coming down here for that? And people can um, jump now, on. I've spent first of all, I've spent half my all my shows are in Philly all the time. Yeah, because I love the Philly, you know, the Philly theater. Yeah, people don't realize what goes on. How great that whole run of theaters is in Philly. You know. Yeah, but I mean. Uh, 
No, I'm not coming down for that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. it. Are you zooming or Microsoft teaming in? That's yeah. what you do. You go, this is, it's the greatest place. It's a bet. And then you're like, oh, you're coming? No. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but people will be able to, are you doing a, a reading from the book or how's, how's this going to work? This is Friday night, by the way. I probably should because I've noticed, I've done, I've done a bunch of these, you know, and I've noticed when I do a reading, yep. it usually goes better. Okay. You know? So hopefully they'll ask me to do a little reading. They'll probably ask me to do Pennsylvania. I say a lot about. By the way, I attack Philly all over this book. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. We, we would be in, so, we'd be insulted if you didn't insult us. Yes. Yeah, they rent. What do they say? They rent space in my mind. Whatever it is, I'm I'm all about Philly all the time. You know? <laughs> yeah. Because they were the capital, which was disgraceful. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's just you know. Because there's a lot of reasons, but it's just Philly is all over the place. You know, it's you interesting know? how how you uh, you know you can get away with this, and and that's yeah. wonderful. But but there's the phenomenon that you know only I can talk bad about my yeah. my right. place. You can't do it, you know. But you transcend that, right? He, he does. Yeah. I, I I think he does. But but I was I always find that an, an interesting thing as to. Uh, how how you can break that down? You can be an American and you can't talk bad about America. You know, take right. that that attitude, and then you defend your state, and then you defend <laughs> your county, and then you defend your town. And does it? I think it goes all the way down to your neighborhood and maybe even your street. Probably, yeah. you know, yeah. That, in around Philly or New York that are so big, absolutely. Yeah, and and that I, other people can't uh, criticize those things. Yeah, well, especially like it breaks into college football teams and you really see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like you have a, yeah, and somebody messes with your team and then you see people, they're ready to fight right there. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, to that point, what do you think of, of the of the modded uh, versions of the major sports that we're seeing? Oh, yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> I, can't watch it. I can't watch it. It's, a, it's You never realize how much you need an audience. There was a reason for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, since, since time be, I mean... You know, those giant uh, human sacrifices, like you ever see that Mel Gibson movie where they're chopping the heads? Right. Imagine if they're just chopping the heads and they're floating down there, there's nobody at the bottom, it's just your clunk. <laughs> then it's like, wow, what are we doing? Yeah. There's nobody watching. Yeah, what yeah. are we doing? This is, a, this is savage. But when there's a bunch of people going, yeah, you go, hey, I guess we're doing something good, you know? <laughs> One of the most bizarre things was, and, and, and uh, uh, Troy Aikman got in trouble for it, and, and uh, you know, they, they, did, they did the flyover. Mm-hmm. Over a, a a virtually empty stadium, you know, which was which yeah. is kind of wild. I I, I love to oh, see them God. anyway. I think they're really cool, but yeah. but, but it is it, it, there are a lot of weird spectacles going on now. With mm-hmm. well, with cut, yeah, they didn't even make effort for the cutouts. Like they could have filled them with Jello or something. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they look real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very much like the typical sports fans sitting in those. Uh, we we actually <laughs> it was weird, Colin, because they actually had cutouts of us. Here at Citizens Bank Park of the oh, show, yeah. So the cutouts had better seats than any of us had ever had <laughs> ever. at the park. Yep. Yeah, it was wild. Well, I once threw out the first pitch at a Phillies game. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, in the middle of the afternoon, and luckily this pitcher told me how to do it so you get it over the plate. You know, I didn't want to. Uh, you know, I didn't want to. You know, and when I did it, it went fine. And you saw the whole stadium was like, oh. <laughs> it was so, yeah. They were so disappointed. They wanted to boo. They they wanted to come you, after you. You remember the, the the I mean the bad ones the Danny uh, uh, Danny, Danny DeVito. DeVito there was uh, Gary Delabonte from uh, Stern's Howard Stern show oh, yeah, terrible I mean these these are ones that end up getting played over and over and over again yeah. to me I, I I almost think 
you might really consider whether or not you want to accept that invitation ever because, you know, it, it, it's it's a, it's a double-edged sword. It's got to be thrilling to do it, and yet, you, you're right, you F it up, and it's immortal. And it was the middle of the afternoon, and I walked by when I was leaving, this little kid, like a 10-year-old kid, and even he was frowning. Like, he wanted to fool, too. <laughs> you disappointed him by doing well. It's like the end of the natural. <laughs> hey, Dad, take me to a baseball game. Exactly. American thing. Hey, Dad, take me to the baseball game. Boom. <laughs> hey, Colin, uh, Adam Sandler's in town filming around here. We know you did that's a uh, you did a, uh, um, a cameo in, in Hubie Halloween. Yeah. Uh, which I wish our producer Casey was here because he absolutely loved the movie. Um, how, how tight are you guys as far as uh, buds outside of the industry? I mean, we don't. We talk once in a while. I mean, I love okay. them. we go back. It's not that we hang out because we don't. Right. I love him because we knew each other when when we started. Yeah. And he was seventeen. Yeah, was he was 20. on. He was on remote control, right? Even before that, but oh. yeah, remote control. Okay. But even before that. He was 17 when he came to New York, and, and he started doing shows, and he was I knew him from then. And, you know, he was just, he was a, just a lovable, charismatic guy, and he's proven, I mean, everybody loves him. You I know, mean, I'm sure this, because he treats everybody so great his whole life. That and that's, and, and people describe, like you had done a couple of films with him, and, and, and we've had people who've worked with him, and, and I actually, years and years and years ago, when I did stand-up for a little brief period, at Pip's Comedy Club, he was there. Oh, God, yeah. And he couldn't have been nicer to me, you know. Yeah. And uh, and I, and everyone says it's just one of those sets where everyone has a blast, and every, it's just there's no stress, and he makes everyone feel comfortable. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? It starts from the top. He, everybody on his set, there's none of that silence or those negative things or just a weird energy where there's something going on you know it's just yeah positive yeah. and it's just that way with everybody and you're right and people come up i mean he's in the middle of directing and starting the movie people come up hey my kid saw you and you know and he's like yeah sure how you doing take a picture sure hey here's an order like yeah. You know what I mean? That's awesome. It's one of those guys. Yeah. yeah. And it must be cool from your perspective, because I know in my radio career, I've seen people that have been, you know, interns at one point go on to be the boss, like the program yeah. director. Yes. And so to you to see this guy who was a kid when, when you first met to be Adam freaking Sandler now, <laughs> that's a pretty cool yeah. progression to watch, I would imagine. It's, I mean, everyone expect, we all expect him to be a star. He had charisma like that from the beginning, like mm. a magic charisma. But yes, to last. And still be as big as he is is pretty incredible. Yeah, I love hearing that when it happens to the right people. To good people, yeah, yeah. you got to celebrate yeah. the good people. Good lesson to yeah. learn, and it's it's sort of what your what all your stuff the overstated a coast to coast roast of the fifty states and all this the the acrimony and divisiveness of the current political situation. I think you're providing a band aid to that and helping people kind of just say, you know what, it's okay. Everyone, we got a difference of opinions, but we can respect that and move on. Oh, yeah. Thanks. I mean, I'm trying anyway. Yeah. I, I want to point out, I, I love this. I'm looking at, at a copy of the book. The The artwork is Colin as Washington crossing the Delaware, and all the guys in the boat that are rowing are taking selfies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're about to go over a waterfall. I love it. It's outstanding. Uh, Thanks. It's just, it, it's, it just, just speaks right to what the world is yeah. right now. Yeah. All right, but... You know what? I just want to point out to people if they're interested. So if if you get a ticket to the event, the virtual event, uh, and you can do that through freelibrary.org, you also get a copy of the book. So you're getting oh, the book, awesome. you're getting to go to the event, the, check out the event as well. 
uh, which is a great deal. I think it's like thirty some odd bucks, thirty two bucks or something like that. And so you get to you get to see this really cool intimate thing with with Colin, and you get the book too. And Colin, if if people want, can they hold their uh, books up to the Zoom screen and have you sign it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's good like that. He's good. I bl- I'll bless them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, then. It's on. It's on Friday night, and like I said, uh, for people to check out, it's at seven thirty. Uh, you can go to freelibrary.org. There's information there, and uh, and get it. But uh, listen, dude, we can't wait till we can have you back in the studio sometime down the road, Colin. Thanks, so, you guys. Yeah, no problem. Anytime, man. Thanks for coming on this morning. Thanks, Colin Quinn, guys. Yeah. And like I said, um, I have a copy of the book and a ticket to the virtual event. Um, we have a few of these to give away, so I won't do it just today. I'll do maybe a couple today and, and a couple tomorrow as well. So uh, let's take caller number 13 at 215-263-WMMR, and you will be good to go. You know what's cool about him and what's always made him so funny is, you know, some people create comedy. He is intrinsically comedic and has an intrinsically humorous take on things. Right. So just in conversation. Yeah. You know that's that's where it comes from. His his angle is sincere. Funny bones, as they yeah. call it. He's got it inside him. All right, we're going to break and come back in a moment. We still have some more good stuff to get to and give away, of which I'll get some details when we turn or uh, return. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Preston and Steve's camp out for hunger, benefiting Phil Abundance. It's the week before Thanksgiving. Starting Monday, November 16th, the gang will be camping out for an entire week at Xfinity Live in the Wells Fargo Center Complex. The dates aren't the only thing different about this year. The show will still go on inside the Bimbo Bakery's USA broadcast tent. But we can't have a studio audience. We're emphasizing cash donations this year, both online at WMMR.com and at your local Acme Market at the checkout register. Non-perishable food donations can be accepted on site via our trunk-to-truck drive through drop-off. Fueled by Pepsi. Campout is not possible without the generosity of you and our partners. Comcast Spectacor and the Philadelphia Flyers, Whitehorse RV Center, Cinch Propane Home Delivery, TRG Mid-Atlantic, Xfinity from Comcast, and Mayfair Fence. Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger from 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. You know what? Yeah. What? I, think, what? I think it's time to do this. I think it's time uh, to take a trip outside of our atmosphere and experience the world of space. I have a few stories that I've collected from outer space. And uh, I figured I'd share them with you. In your face. We did talk yesterday about the uh, Orionid... Um, uh, no, it's the Orionid. Okay. The Leonid, uh, I, I talked about yesterday, but the Orionid is one because it looks like it, it um, comes oh, from yes, the right. Orion um, uh, um, constellation. constellation. Thank you, sir. Um, so anyhow, that Jabberwocky. was peaking last night. It did eventually clear up in the day hey, yesterday. I went out. I didn't go out for it at all. I no. saw nothing. I felt like Marissa. I was okay. standing outside. And, and, and it was just like uh, I looked for, I don't know, half hour and didn't see one. Nothing. Half hour? I know. <laughs> what time? <laughs> okay. Ten seconds, and we're like, "Yeah, there's nothing." You gotta be patient, man. <laughs> that is being patient. <laughs> Do you know it can really help, Kathy, when you're stargazing for you? I think yeah. a bottle of wine and a fire pit. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. I mean, I've been at the shore, and uh, you know, sit outside on the deck and look up, and right. yes, I'm okay because there's a glass of wine next to me. And what else is there to do down there? This is. A, I will tell you exactly. <laughs> The words that would come out of Kathy's mouth. Let me tell you exactly <laughs> where the quote would be. 
this is stupid. I'm going inside. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah, pretty much. This However, is stupid. If there's wine and a little hummus outside, yeah, <laughs> yes, you're or right. I might be inclined to stay. I did have hummus, mm. so I was halfway there, uh, but zero shooting stars. I was outside pressing at like nine. 30, 9.45, something like that. And I, you know, it was 9.30 because I was back in by 10. Okay. Um, but, yeah, was, you know, whatever. I looked. I tried. Those things always get more active later. I like think that's true. Midnight, yeah. you know, 1 a.m. We're so. getting into a good time for that, though. And I, you know, like my, my telescope is ready to run and gun. Like I have it at the, you know, ready to take out and set up quickly. I tell you what, man, the new configurations on these telescopes that allow you to just punch in what you want and it'll go to it, mm-hmm. that makes it a lot more feasible. So you just, that's the thing too. The telescopes are so, they're difficult. So not, do you just not need anymore. to. Okay, so that's the yeah. thing. I just need to get a better one, I guess. Yeah, well, the newer stuff, a company called Celestron has a whole bunch. But are they expensive? Well, you can get yes. ones all the way down. They can get ones in the in the three or $400 range. Okay, no. I have yeah. shoes to buy. <laughs> No, I would get it for Jace. We have one for him. But... If you want one, that there's one that has a, a you're going to put your uh, your your phone in it, and it will use a program in it to, to kind of get you in the proximity oh, of what you're right. looking for. See that? Then yeah. that's what I would do. Right. Because yeah, that's right what now, you need. Like, and actually, sometimes it can be hard to zero in on exactly what you're yeah. looking because you're talking about you know moving millimeters is moving. Yeah. Thousands of thousands of miles, of miles yeah. uh, because the objects are so far away. So, uh, but anyhow, so that was last night, and this other thing took place actually on Tuesday. NASA made history after a spacecraft successfully collected samples from the surface of an asteroid. This is so effing cool. During a carefully orchestrated hours-long maneuver in orbit, uh, after spending nearly two years circling uh, the near-Earth asteroid called Bennu. Uh, NASA OSIRIS-REx spacecraft uh, used its robotic arm to gather pieces of the space rock that will subsequently uh, be sent to Earth for study. Uh, The event marks an important milestone for NASA. It is the first time that the agency has gathered samples from an asteroid in space. We have audio of the contact, Preston. (laughs) It was quite the scene. Uh, the samples are expected to be delivered to Earth in September of 2023, so it's going to take a while for it to get back. Um, scientists have said that the precious materials from Bennu's surface could reveal intriguing insights on how the solar system came to be. Precious. Uh, asteroids are pristine collections of the ancient ingredients that formed the solar system about four and a half billion years ago. So those comets and 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 asteroids they're they're sort of a Whitman sampler of incredibly long journeys through yeah. space yeah it's an it's an amazing thing and uh you know did you see the footage of the nasa scientists when they when it made the contact no they were crazy nuts. yeah 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 i've i've seen those uh in their control rooms yeah. when they, when they certain milestones <laughs> happen they go crazy cuz they've been working for years yes. on this stuff. And the moment that things go the way they're supposed to go, they get really excited And you basically shot an arrow into space and hope you hit the target. Yeah. Uh, so they said studying the chemical properties of space rocks could unlock secrets about uh, planets and the origins of life on Earth as well. And give us a better indication of how moon gorillas first came about. <laughs> I would like to know that, yes. By the way, the OSIRIS-REx uh, mission is NASA's first to collect samples from an asteroid, but it is not the first ever. Uh, that distinction belongs to Japan. Um, the Hayabusa mission, which delivered to Earth a few micrograms of material from the asteroid uh, Itokawa in 2010. And then they even did a second mission 
uh, named Hayabusa 2. And that collected, uh, they collected a small sample from the asteroid uh, Ryugu in February of 2019. So it's been done before, and this is just the first time that NASA has oh, done it from Shore Yukon. Uh, the spacecraft is slated to return to Earth in December with the sample on board. This is the one that landed, that did it in 2019. These the, the bitch of it, though, because of the distance traveled, you do have to wait a while to get the, I mean, you know, yeah, the, yeah. the stuff back. I'm surprised that there's not a an onboard lab that could do some testing and send information back. Because yeah. a lot of them, like I think like some of them have that on board so that you're, you know, they're ones that they fire into space with no hopes of reclaiming. And the whole idea is they're sending back information as they're going. I think the Mars uh, rovers have had where they can yes. do some tests on, on surface uh, and, features. And cappuccinos, a few cappuccinos. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that uh, for two and a half billion years, if the Earth is four and a half billion years old, for two and a half billion, the only life forms on this planet were bacteria. And so a lot of people believe that, um, a lot of scientists believe that life began on this planet because of an asteroid or a comet crashing yes, into the planet. Possible. Yes, And mm-hmm. bacteria are so resilient that there are bacteria on the inside of one of the camera lenses that was left on the moon. Yeah. And it's stuff that, you know, yeah. that's how, how, how... In, in the most extreme environments, these little microorganisms can actually live. Well, did you see the? It's life. It's a, it's, a, it's basically a horror science fiction movie. Um, uh, but it's they get a small sample of living matter on an orbiting space station around Earth, mm-hmm. and it starts to grow, and it becomes this thing. And they're like, "Oh my gosh, it's life!" It's life. <laughs> and then they realize, "Oh God, it's evil." <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I told I had mentioned the book uh, The Martian the other day, and, and it goes into greater detail than the movie does about, um, you know, when he's trying to grow food and how you have to have bacteria to yes. make that happen. Yeah. And it goes into great detail on what all is needed and involved to uh, create something to grow. And it's it's fascinating stuff. It's way beyond my scope of comprehension, but well, it's the, fascinating. The Arthur C. Clarke story, which was the Sentinel, which became 2001 A Space Odyssey, there's also that... There's, there is this perception that at some point some sort of intervention on Earth caused a massive jump forward in, in uh, intellect and evolution. That's, of course, you know, highly speculative, but it's it's interesting to entertain the notion. But the number of ingredients that had to come together in order to make any of these things possible is is astronomical, no pun intended, in nature. Mm-hmm. And and so the where the Earth is located in, in our solar system. Perfect. If was, yeah, if it was 10 million miles more in either direction, we wouldn't have the life that we have. I mean, there's and all more of school these things. districts. Better school yeah. districts, <laughs> yes. especially in and around the Philadelphia area. As um, with the it's solar system, location, location, location. <laughs> That's right. Higher taxes, though. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Stephen is an astronomy major and says that he can help us out with some of this stuff. So let's go to him. Hey, Stephen, how you doing? Hey, sorry to bother the guys at work. No, no, it's all good, man. Uh, where are you studying astronomy? Kutztown University. I was an astronomy major there. Unfortunately, uh, life happened and I had to take a job in the meantime. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah what, do, what do you think we'll learn from uh, the stuff that they bring back? Well, so one of the main things they can do with that is actually the impactor. They're, they can get a good idea of what dust it will kick up, how dense the asteroid is. Therefore, you can get a better idea of how much it actually weighs, what it's made out of, that kind of stuff. Well, let me ask you something, too. So say like a, um, any debris that hits the Earth, um, depending on its density, uh, you know, that, that could be an indicator of the kind of damage it would cause if it were to hit something, correct? Correct. Uh, so there was, uh, like, the explosion that happened in 
Russia? Not too long ago. Right. Uh, that was a lot of people believe that was mostly an ass. Uh, well, um, uh, an, an icy asteroid. Yeah. So what actually happened is, is it hit the atmosphere. It got so hot so fast it flash boiled wow. the water inside of it, and it just—it's literally like a steam locomotive exploding. Okay, I gotcha. Hey, Stephen, when you signed up for astronomy, did you think that you were going to be looking at stars the whole time, or did you know <laughs> that the amount of math and physics involved in in that as a major? Well, I specifically actually went in as a physics major with an astronomy concentration, so I had a pretty good idea. So you didn't have the shock that Preston had when oh he... Oh, my God. <laughs> We're going to get stoned and look at stars. Well, that's what I was doing. <laughs> I'm going to get so bamboozled. That's what I was doing. I uh, didn't know there was all this math and stuff involved. And... Where's the wine well, and, and fire pit? <laughs> I'm so completely out of hummus. That is, you know... You try to tell people, hey, you should be a physics major, and they're like, oh, I suck at math, and I look at... Look, a lot of us suck at math. We all have calculators. It's fine. Yeah. No, you know, no. I, I want to look at. I want to look at my ninth grade uh, um, math teacher and go. You said we wouldn't have calculators in our. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Stephen. Thanks. We appreciate the call. No, it was. It was more than just math. It was concepts that were like, wow, okay. Yeah. Uh, and there's chemistry. There's all kinds of stuff involved in astronomy that was way beyond uh, my means. Uh, but anyhow, so back to this um, uh, the spacecraft as a near-Earth asteroid, or at least this asteroid, I should say. Bennu uh, could also help researchers understand more about space rocks that pose a threat to the planet, like you were saying, Yes, Steve, yeah, yeah. As well as how these celestial bodies could be mined for variable resources in the future. That's something, who knows, they might find something well, that's very useful. Imagine if you were able, uh, there's been loads of science fiction um novels and, and short stories that have focused on that. Imagine mm-hmm. being able to, you know, mine those things, minerals that are important here on Earth, or things that we don't even understand right. that we don't have access to that could be used in construction or things of that nature. Yeah. Uh, it, that, it's an incredible concept. As uh, Let's see, so the OSIRIS-REx spacecraft, which is short for, this is what how they got that name, Origins Spectral Interpretation Resource Identification Security Regolith Explorer. I thought so. And it's been or it's been orbiting this um asteroid Bennu from an altitude of about 2500 feet uh spent several hours Tuesday descending toward the surface. Uh the spacecraft is equipped with an 11 foot long robotic arm that reached down and grabbed samples from the space rock. Uh, the space rock, the spacecraft's arm touched down at a landing site, which was dubbed Nightingale, that, NS, uh, the, that NASA had said was roughly the size of a few parking spaces. Uh, the entire maneuver took about four and a half hours. The spacecraft, though, was in contact with the asteroid for fewer than 16 seconds. Wow. So it just essentially went down, scooped up, and then took off. And the van size basically tapped it on the shoulder. Uh, the van sized probe was designed to gather at least two ounces of rubble from the surface. And after the touch and go operation, uh, the Osiris Rex fired its thrusters, uh, got it safely back away from Bennu. Uh, it was an $800 million mission. $800 million. Yeah, to, to, for 16 seconds and two ounces of rubble. Uh, the uh, It was launched in September 2016. And then it arrived at Bennu roughly two years later. The probe has been mapping the asteroid surface, studying its composition, and beaming back photos of the space rock. So it's been doing a lot more than just getting two ounces of rubble, uh, which is about, it's about as tall as the Empire State Building. That's how big this thing is. That's I mean, good size. I mean that that so they, they, yeah, and that would be a planet killer. 
I would, yeah, if it if it hit, I would imagine, yeah. yeah. So when with the development of of SpaceX and private um, industry launching into space. The ownership and mining rights on asteroids is going to be actual an issue, an economic issue over it the will next be. century because people are going to claim rights. So say if Elon Musk owns the rights to SpaceX and he's the one launching the rocket, rockets and, and not governmental space agencies, right? who owns the rocket, Who owns the asteroids on which these um, rockets are landed? You know? yeah. I think we probably have – I saw a movie that indicates that we have really the top – Meteor and asteroid mining teams. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, they're good at drilling. They're just—they're not very trained as astronauts. No, they're sort of loose. Yeah, and they're asking for a whole bunch of things. Right. Uh, Bennu is located more than two hundred million miles away from Earth. Just hang on. Jesus. Did you know that Neil deGrasse Tyson says that uh, per minute? Armageddon is the most historically inaccurate movie of all time. <laughs> per minute. <laughs> per minute. Yeah. I love it. I hated that movie. I gave it. I gave it a halfway glance of watching the movie, and I'm like, "This is just people love it, Hollywood bullcrap. It's awful." My, but, I think that's know. that's almost like a Rorschach test of, of personality. Which do you prefer, Armageddon or Deep Impact? Yeah, well, I am a Deep Impact person. Yeah, most definitely. So Armageddon to me, what the problem with Armageddon is, as with a lot of Michael Bay stuff, and I love Michael Bay in, in some things, it's too much, it's, and they don't they're going to to stop this collision with Earth. They they go to the space station and the space station blows up. Yeah, you know there was just a, too much fluff for the, me in the first cut of the movie. Steve, there wasn't enough um, explosions, so Michael Bay said, "You know what? Let's blow up Paris." So they decided to send in a second asteroid, yeah. to uh, to destroy like the Eiffel Tower in Paris because they hadn't had enough explosions in, in a hot minute. Right. It's on my list with Titanic and Pearl Harbor, which I've never seen and never plan on ever watching. Really? And Titanic's good. Titanic's in Armageddon? Yeah, I think Titanic's a good movie. I don't like uh, that Aerosmith song. That was <laughs> from, from Titanic? <laughs> no, the one that was in Armageddon. <laughs> Is it Don't Want to Miss a Thing? Is yeah. That the one? yeah. Okay. It's a good song. Uh, yeah, uh, but you should see thing. Titanic. It's actually... It's better than it's you like think Armageddon. it's going to be. It's I, a lot like Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than you think it's going to be. Um, so anyhow, yeah, this this is located two more than 200 million miles away from wow. Earth. That stuff blows me away. Just going to the moon and things like that, but going to something that is 200 million miles away think about and our, nailing it, getting so, it perfect. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's impo- I think it, what happens is it gets lost on people because it's so incomprehensible that you might fail to see the incredible achievement involved yeah. in doing it. The, the the science involved in just getting there is is just outstanding. In Apollo 13, when they have, I think it's Jules Bergman, actual footage of the ABC science editor at that time for, uh, explaining, you know, when the they're trying to manually get back into orbit, you know, the Apollo 13 returning to Earth and saying it's basically like trying to hit the edge of a piece of paper. The width of this piece of paper, yeah, yeah the window that they have to hit. It's amazing stuff. All right, uh, so that's not the only thing that I have as far as uh, my observations go. Some people call me the space cowboy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe I can flesh that out a little bit. No, I stopped it there. Uh, okay. Some people call me the space cowboy. Yeah. Okay. Some people call me Preston Elliott. That one, too. Uh, let's see. So, speaking of asteroids, sometimes Earth gets a bit greedy and starts pulling a pulling in small asteroids for extended stays in orbit. Uh, the brief visitations by these mini-moons mini. are uh, fairly rare. Uh, you know what I think of when I hear mini-moons is um, from 311. Mini-moons. 
moons. No, not that. Uh, oh. Many moons since first I saw you. Many uh, moons oh, yeah. since first we did the do. Uh, yeah, yeah. The other one was New Age Girl by Dead Eye right. Dick. That's what you were saying. That's in uh, Dumb and Dumber, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. She's a vegetarian. Uh, so, but anyhow, there are two yeah. mini moons confirmed so far. Uh, the most recent came on February 15th when a tiny rock, 2020 CD3, was discovered by astronomers at the NASA funded uh, Catalina Sky Survey. That's where they have that big wine festival. <laughs> <Dish. laughs> the mother effing Catalina Sky Survey <laughs> had been. <laughs> Ensnared by the Earth's gravity as early as 2015, stayed with us until May 2020 before dashing off into the cosmos again. What's the one that that was that supposed to hit uh, Preston or pass by us uh, on Election Day? Oh, I don't know. There's yeah. one that Neil deGrasse, Neil deGrasse Tyson was talking about. It's about the size of a refrigerator. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not sure. Yeah. Not from see if we can find that out, Nick. Yeah. Uh, astronomers have also announced the detection this year of another potential mini moon which is 2020 SO, except then this one isn't acting at all like a small asteroid would. Our mini-moon is no moon at all. It's moving far too slowly for it to be uh, rock-ejected from the cosmic body. Therefore, astronomers reason it's probably just space junk left over from the early days of the space race. Uh, the current theory holds that 2020 SO is the rocket body from an Atlas Centaur D rocket originally launched in 1966. Hmm. Uh, the dimensions and the orbit of 2020 SO seem to align neatly with the Centaur body. Uh, the object will be grabbed, actually, by Earth's gravitational pull in sometime this month, and it w- its closest approach will be December 1st, getting w- around 31,000 miles away. They said w- they should be able to get a closer look at it uh, assessing its shape and the kind of light that it's emitting, and then they might be able to tell if it's leftover junk or not. But it's pretty wild that it's if it is that it's from 1966. It is, yeah, and uh, that it's uh, kind of uh, orbiting on a regular basis. So. The Beatles were uh, just breaking this. I wonder if that yeah. would, there'll be Beatles music associated with it. Yeah. All right, Nick found the information. So uh, a six and a half foot asteroid will zoom past Earth just before Election Day. Uh, but Neil deGrasse Tyson says it's nothing to worry about. It's called Asteroid 2018 VP1. A refrigerator-sized space rock is hurtling towards us at more than 40,000 kilometers per hour. Wrap your mind around that. It may buzz-cut Earth on November 2nd, the day before the presidential election. Uh, they said that it has a point. Four one percent chance of entering our atmosphere. So, so it's fifty fifty. Most likely, it is not going <laughs> to happen, and it's not big enough, to, not big enough to cause any harm either. Okay. So, it's just going to be zipping by. I mean, what harm could a refrigerator traveling at forty thousand miles yeah. an hour cause? Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, all right, uh, other uh, news and things that I came across. Out of space, An American astronaut and two Russian cosmonauts touched down safely on the Kazakhstan steppe on Thursday. Uh, well, today, I guess. Uh, completing a 196-day mission uh, that began with the first launch under lockdown conditions. So Here we go. They're the first ones to go up and come back during lockdown. Why did they come back? <laughs> I know, right? Can we stay? NASA astronaut Chris Cassidy and Russian cosmonauts uh, Antolgi uh, Ivanishin. And Ivan Wagner landed about 90 miles southeast of the Kazakh city of uh, Zhekagzen. 
We've heard about incredible contest for Rocky experts. <laughs> That's why they came back. It is back. a pleasure to return to listen to audio of this incredible conflict. I really want to make it happen, and I know that we can do it. Casey's doing what he can, but I want to speak to someone on the ISS. It can be done. Live on the air. It can be done. Can we I just would, call them randomly? I would love to be able to do that. It would Yellow. Be, it would be so cool. Uh, to talk to somebody who's orbiting in, in low Earth orbit. It would be orbit. sensational, especially if we could hook up some sort of video link. It has happened. Sure. It does happen. Sure. You know how successfully all of our badge launches were. So if anybody listening has a uh, you know has an in at NASA somehow or another, please get in touch with us because I'd love to do that. I wonder if there's like the, the numbers just, you know, scrawled on the wall next to the phone. Maybe. You know? Yeah, up there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, footage from the landing site showed a seated Cassidy bumping elbows with one member of the crew at the recovery site and saluting another after they exited the Soyuz MS-16 spacecraft uh, before they were taken to medical tents ahead of their onward journeys to Moscow and Houston. So, I wonder what their abilities to now. They have resistance exercises on the space stations to keep their muscles toned. But still, during the course of a day when you're fighting or just working with gravity... Yep. You're you're you don't have that there, so you can right. probably mitigate it a bit, but it's still got to feel weird when you get back oh, to Earth. I would imagine when you come back, yeah, you yeah. probably feel like you're you're wearing like a weighted suit, right? Or something right, like that, because you've been away from Earth's gravity for well, them for them 196 days, yeah. So you know, several months. Uh, it's got to feel weird after being that way. I would love so much love to experience oh zero God. g. I yeah. think it'd be so cool. I also, knowing me, though, a lot of people get sick um, because... Do you think you would? I think I would, yeah, because I, I do get motion sickness okay. pretty easily when it comes to spinning um, in any way. But I have a feeling, that, yeah, I would probably be thrown up at some point. But I guess it'd be like, you know... On you do the boat. vomit comet. If you're on long enough, you'll you'll eventually, um, you know, settle in. But yeah, I would. I could do... We could do the vomit comet. I wonder comet. if they still offer it, because remember there was, I think, um, one yeah. of the high-end catalogs was offering... You could a regular civilian could yeah. book a flight on the vomit comet, which is where the astronauts trained, where they shot they shot uh, Apollo thirteen in a vomit comet. You know, mm-hmm. which is where they trained them for the ZRGs. And uh, I think I'd like to do that. Yeah, they do this parabolic dive yeah. uh, thing where they go up and down, and then you're you're flying yeah. essentially for a while. I would yes, I would love to experience that. But almost everybody, almost every single person that goes on it pukes. Yeah, so you just got to be ready for that. And I think it'd be I think it'd be worth it. You know, I mean, I, I threw up um, when I did the uh, the Blue Angels flight, and I'm glad I did it. It was I, awesome. I didn't care. It felt like yes. crap for a little while, but it was so cool. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but that would be that would be an experience. Yeah, Steve. You know what? Let's look. At, Nick, do me a favor. Take yeah. do a quick search and see if you can book passage on the Vomit Comet because you did used to be it was several thousand dollars. Yeah, but you, it, it, it I think was it was like three grand. Something that you were able to do. Uh, so the, Is it three, the big friggin' deal. The three-man crew uh, uh, had blasted off, uh, minus the usual fanfare, in April with around half the world's population living under national lockdowns imposed. Uh, They didn't face questions from a press pack. They weren't there to have their family wave them goodbye, both time-honored traditions before the pandemic took place. Uh, The pre-flight quarantine was also intensified as they eschewed the customary sightseeing trips to Moscow uh, from their training base. Uh, the mission also coincided with the arrival at the space station in May of the first astronauts to blast off from U.S. soil uh, for almost a decade. Uh, Robert uh, Bankin and Doug Hurley's May journey to the space station, which was with SpaceX, 
uh, saw the pair spend the best part of two days in transit. Wow. Uh, it took them a while to get there because I guess because they were, they were using new technology and so on. But uh, these three that came back, it took them. How long do you think it would take them to come down from there? I don't know. I can't even speculate. It was less than three and a half hours. Wow. After after undocking. And then, then essentially they, That's incredible. they get in position, they get away for the right time. And then they they pretty much just fall, man. You know they. I think they, of that that scene in the in the first Star Trek movie, the not the first the J.J. The, the Abrams one, uh-huh. where they're Halo jumping from. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. Uh, Cassidy, the, the three of them uh, had reached the ISS uh, from Magnor in just three hours and three minutes last week. So wow. so there was a, there was a record setting, absolute record to get there recently. Uh, which was uh, three hours and three minutes. So that's uh, that's pretty wild. So welcome back to Earth, husband. They are back. So you can do zero G out of New York, um, and they do uh, they do it from Manhattan to FRG Airport. I'm not sure which airport that is, but anyway, uh, there's a vomit comet there. It's uh, sixty seven hundred bucks, um, and they also do it outside of uh, L A. in Long Beach, and they do it in Vegas as well, and Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So there's this company called Go Zero G. That's pretty cool. Go Zero G dot com. Maybe if we mention them enough, they'll uh, toss us a discount. I'm sure Six, they will. Sixty-seven. Well, you get these other six thousand. So here's, <laughs> you get here's, here's everything you get. Okay, you get breakfast. <laughs> oh my god! I wouldn't. Eat, would you eat breakfast before that? No. Seriously. No. Hey, watch more eggs. So I, I was before I did the Blue Angels. I did read a little bit about ahead of time, and they recommend before you go up bananas. Yeah. Because if you puke, they don't taste so bad coming back up. Oh, gross! And but but you should have something in your stomach, in your stomach, so you're not sick from being weak, you know. And and you should have some sustenance. Did you? I forget. Did you throw up? Oh yeah, you, no, you, yeah. yeah. So, I, I puked and passed out. So was that true? And you crapped yourself, right? About the bananas? I didn't eat bananas. Oh, okay. Uh, you remember? I came straight from. Uh, I came yeah, straight yeah, from yeah. Keenan's, so I had had uh, pork roll <laughs> breakfast sandwiches. Oh dear God. <laughs> Which is what <laughs> second like Brothers like to yeah. give to up. you. This is like bananas. <laughs> While you're there. So. <laughs> By the way, FRG is um, Farmingdale. Okay. So okay. Oh, yeah, it's a Farmingdale. Small, a small airport. It is yeah. a small Yeah, but it's, it's an easily accessible airport. Kathy, it's right near one. Uh, it's so, the closest one, one to us, so that you get the other options are, are on the West Coast or down in Florida. So here's what you get for $6,700. You get uh, the uh, helicopter transportation round trip from Manhattan to FRG Airport. You get uh, the parabolic flight with 15 parabolas, so 15 times you'll experience that. That that uh, What's uh, the duration of, of the descent? You know what? A good question, Steve. I had read that they it lasts like 30 around seconds? 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Uh, you get the flight suit. You get to keep oh, that. Wear that cool. to cocktail parties and things. Yeah. Uh, zero G merchandise. Right. A waitlist certificate. Photos and videos of your experience and the aforementioned breakfast. <laughs> so sixty seven hundred dollars. And right now there are twenty three seats that are remaining uh, for the flight on um, uh, on uh, uh, Halloween. And you get a Crash Bandicoot uh, <laughs> four. Yeah, for PS4. Uh, so, yeah, what's the website? Zero, uh, GoZeroG.com. That's, listen, wow. I don't know. You listen, there's, if you have somebody, if you're a person of means and you have someone on your list, you're now they're probably not running this now because you, 
that you'd have a lot of people in there in close proximity, and that's probably a yeah. health violation. And if you wear a mask, you're just going to puke right back uh, into your right. own mouth. So probably awesome. not. Yeah, I'm annoyed by how many people are on, I don't know, you want to call it a ride at the moment. They're like bumping into each other. Like, well, it says there's 23 seats available. So, yeah, there'd be a lot of people in I, there. I wonder. So oh, let's say, what, so if cool. you, what if you could, I mean, I'm sure they have like platinum levels where you could reserve for like 10 people or whatever. Mm, I don't know. VIP you know what? Seats. I got an idea, Steve. Let's start a GoFundMe campaign. Yes. For you and I to go on the Go Zero. I'm going to do this story, Just okay? I broke down in near your house in yeah. Harleysville. Okay. And you were a homeless guy living on the side of the yes. road. Yes. <laughs> You're out of gas. Oh wait, wait. I'll be the homeless guy. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> um... <laughs> so that's pretty cool. That's uh, I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Steve, because I was uh, curious if they still did that or not. It appears that only attractive people do this in this yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they're all good looking. There, there's no big slob vomiting all over the place. <laughs> only the people that have somebody that'll cough up $6,700 for yeah. them to do it. No, I, of I course they're going to be good Oh, looking. my gosh, I wouldn't mind bumping into those people. All right. I mean, well, for $6,700, it's not, I mean, listen, it, it's expensive, but like... It's achievable. You could do it. Yeah. Well, when not, you compare that to like the flight on, on Preston, the, the 250,000 flight for yeah. the uh, X, what is it? The uh, Virgin, Virgin One? Oh, yeah. 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 Maybe that's that. A, that's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Let me let me weigh this out here. Um, you know, like a, 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 a an hour long flight or go to Hawaii for cheaper. <laughs> hmm. $6,700? I don't know if you're going for any cheaper. How many Batman figures is that? All right, uh, I have one more uh, story from the world of space. Some people call me the space cowboy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, University of Iowa astronomers have determined that our galaxy is surrounded by a clumpy halo of hot gases that is continually being supplied with material ejected by birthing or dying stars. <laughs> The heated halo called the uh, circumgalactic medium. Right. I love these names that come up with some of these things, or CGM for short, was the incubator for the Milky Way's formation some 10 billion years ago and could be where basic matter unaccounted is unaccounted for since birth of the universe may reside. Would this be sort of like a celestial amniotic fluid? Maybe. Yeah, it sounds like that. Yeah. It's not too far off the mark. Yeah. Have you guys watched. Um, doesn't Neil deGrasse Tyson have a show on right now? Yeah, it's uh, Glow, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> that was you just canceled. Would, oh. You really would have no idea that he's into that. Hmm. Uh, well, he's an interesting guy. <laughs> There's no indication, Kathy. I need to. I need to watch. I think he's got a show on. On, on it might be on Netflix. Star Talk. Sure. Is that what you're talking about? He's a producer on that. Mm. Is he a host? Oh, Cosmos. Cosmos, Preston. Neil deGrasse Tyson yeah, is the host started doing of Cosmos. Cosmos right? But Seth MacFarlane was the producer. The new season oh, is God. coming up again. Yes. I need to watch it. Uh, the findings come from observations made by HaloSat, one of the class of many satellites designed and built at Iowa. The researchers conclude the G- the CGM has a disc-like geometry based on the intensity of X-ray emissions coming from it. Um, so they had launched this satellite uh, from the International Space Station in May of 2018, and it is the first mini-satellite funded by NASA's astrophysicist Mini. decision. Yes. Uh, so I don't know what all this means. It gets into some really lengthy stuff here. but um, Honestly, if so, I know people are looking for... The, a telescope for your backyard is a wonderful thing. If you And there's, there's so much great TV 
and so many great Nat Geo specials and, and uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson stuff exploring the universe, um, you know, and, and now they can render these things in a way they couldn't before that gives you a real cool idea of what we're talking about. It's just amazing stuff out there. Yep. What are you smelling at, Nick? I like this text. It says, can Nick travel to and from space during a show like he did when he went to Boston? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We could get that done. We could make it happen. Farmingdale's be- not that far away. That's it right. Would, it would be possible. Um. So anyhow, yeah, they, they, they found out this this stuff was part of the creation of the of the uh, Milky Way. Let's make it our goal to live long enough to have at least one mixer on a moon base. Oh. <laughs> I'd be there in a heart. The moon mixer. <laughs> the moon. It's alliterative. Yeah. It writes itself. So brought to you by Horizon. All right. Uh, that's all I have. It's, it's just a handful. No, of it's damn good. Kind of. Uh, we're put together in that uh, space cowboy uh, collective. So uh, some people call me the space cowboy. Yeah. Other one, I like the other one better. Was it? The oh, there we go. They're both Steve Miller, so yeah, really All right, you know what I'd like to do? I would like to give away another. Give me something, Marissa. We got a lot of things here. Acme Markets came by and they give us fifty dollars gift cards, oh, and they such good stuff. Yeah, we'll take caller number twenty at two one five two six three WMMR. They have a new Acme Market at University City. Uh, it's Fortieth and Walnut. It has a unique unique. New York. Uh, unique New York. Uh, no, create your own salad bar <laughs> with Sally the Robot. Sally the Robot? They have that and a poutine bar? <laughs> what the hell is going on at this Acme? <laughs> they also have 350 beer options with craft domestic imports and hard seltzers. Is and, a robot making salads? And it opens tomorrow. It's Sally the Robot at the salad bar. Wow. Okay. Call number 20. We'll give you that $50 gift certificate. We're going to take a break and we'll be back in just a second. We've got some bizarre file stories coming up. Stay with us. Freshen up your look with a fall merch update at MMR's Rock Shop. Head to WMMR.com and grab the latest hoodie or winter hat. For all you Halloween heads, hit up aisle one for a flurry of ghostly face masks. They'll get you right in the spirit. And work nicely if you're one of those this is my costume kind of people. Plus, gift cards, t-shirts, hats, and coffee mugs for a unique gift for that person who has everything. The Rock Shop at WMMR.com. Everything that rocks your wardrobe. And more. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Files. All right, got to keep this one a little bit short, just letting you know. And it's brought to you by HERS. Uh, for a true Philly game day, you got to break out the HERS. Enter the HERS Upgrade Your Home Gate contest at WMMR.com, and you can take your game day to the next level. HERS since 1946. Well, Melanie Guerrero was arrested on Wednesday when she refused to leave a gas station in St. Petersburg, Florida. She also refused to tell police her real name. The police report says that she replied to, what is your name, with the phrase, my name is my butt just farted. <laughs> my butt and just a- farted. And apparently she did it multiple times. Huh. My name is my butt just farted. When That they sounds asked- like a child's response. Totally. Response. Yeah. Is your first name my and your last name just farted? Uh, she faces a trespassing charge and a charge for providing a false name to law enforcement, both of which are misdemeanors. Huh. So that wasn't her name. That was not her name. 
A man is in trouble after a spat with employees at a restaurant in Arizona. Justin Amir Young is accused of indecent exposure and disorderly conduct. The incident led to Young's arrest happening at a chain restaurant. Young was told to leave the restaurant because the restaurant was closing. Young allegedly refused to leave and began to yell at employees. And once he was out of the restaurant, he proceeded to pull down his pants and pee on the door that he exited. (laughs) Investigators claim Young also exposed himself to employees as well as obscenely gesturing at them. Was it Lobster Week? I don't know. Young had a warrant with the sheriff's office for failing to appear in court, and he was arrested. And then we only have time for one more quick story. Let's go with this one. A snake that was being tracked by researchers tried to eat an Australian woman as she slept in her bed at night. Half an Australian. The snake had returned to her home the following year to attack her dog, leaving it unconscious. This is the exact same snake that did this. What What is it like? Have a transponder yep, on it? It was being tracked, yep. Yeah. Uh, the snake, an Australian scrub python living in the woodland of Lockerbie Scrub, Australia, had been fitted with a radio transmitter in 2014. It was being tracked by a team led by Daniel Natush. In Mar- uh, by March 9th, it had moved around 300 feet to the immediate vicinity of the house of Leanne Mears and her young family, including a pair of children aged one and three. Oh, my God. Scrub pythons are common in the area, non-venomous, and are not considered a threat to people, though they have been known to attack pets and small children at 12 feet long and weighing 10 pounds. Uh, this one was deemed capable of posing a threat to Mears' kids. Anyhow, she woke up one morning. It was wrapped around her leg. Oh, exactly. No, yeah. Uh, so they got it out of there, and the snake was released 650 feet away the following day. How about 650 miles? I yeah, think yeah. that'd be more appropriate. <laughs> yeah, There's no way it's going to be able to travel 650 feet. <laughs> the following year, it returned and attacked their dog. The dog was knocked unconscious. They actually had to give it CPR. Oh, the dog God. ended up being okay. This time, they moved the... Uh, 651 feet? I think they moved it 651 feet. So uh, hopefully there won't be another attack. Sorry to keep it short, but we got to wrap it there. That's your B-File. We will be back in just a moment. Make sure you stay with us. Listen to all the WMMR podcasts as well as a live stream on your Alexa-enabled device. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. Steven Singer Jewelers has fast, free, and safe shipping. Whether celebrating life or celebrating love, Steven Singer is there for you. IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right. I told you earlier, it was <laughs> the fog was supposed to be breaking up kind of early this morning is what no. I heard on the news, but no. it's still really thick here in Bella Kinwood. Really thick. Again, we can't see... The buildings across the street. Yeah. There's a probably a 12-story building uh, right across the parking lot. Can't see it at all. It's a number eight on the Fufferman Fog Scale. That's where we are yeah, right yeah. now. That's uh, two off from ten. So, man, <laughs> exactly. we must, we're in it thick with the Fuffermans. Um, so, anyhow, you got to be careful if you are indeed out on the road because it can uh, cause, you know, I mean, if an accident happens, there can be like two or three that happen right after that. What if like a kaiju is walking in front of you? You wouldn't even know. Yeah, you wouldn't even know. Yeah. All right. So, we're going to do the, what do we do first? Lesson question? Yeah. yeah. That's what we do. Uh, we're going to give away a $50 gift card for Nebraza. And the question I think we're going to go with this morning is Genesis once played at the Battle of which historical site? 215-263-WMMR. Genesis once played at the Battle of which historical site? Let's see if you were listening from earlier this morning. The story that we had in the entertainment news. 215-263-WMMR. 
Uh, get it right, and we got a prize, and we're going to do the trash while you're calling us. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, let's see what we got today. What are the stories, Steve? Well, Jamie Lynn Spears explaining why Zoe 101 really ended back in 2008, saying it had nothing to do with her getting pregnant. Spears says she'd always planned to leave the show once she turned 50. <laughs> so there you go. Bill Cosby, barely recognizable in a recent mugshot, showing him with a pronounced bald spot and a gray beard. Cosby's also seen wearing a prison sweater that he knitted out of toilet paper with two shivs. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, that was just started two years ago with over $2 billion in capital. The short-form streaming network Quibi is shutting down. Primary investor and creator Jerry Katzenberg says Quibi was a bold experiment that proved he can get used to sleeping in a men's shelter. <laughs> oh, my God. And that's your Hollywood track. All right. Thank you, Steve. Let's see if we can get someone who's got the answer to this question. Uh, Genesis once played at the Battle of Witch Historical Sites, 215-263-WMMR. And it's to Mario. We're going. Mario, good morning. Hey, big brown, while I'm out nibbles. Getting sucked on by all sorts of pimples. I love we you guys. We haven't done that in a little while. We love you, Mario. Do me a favor. We'll love you even more if you can tell me where Genesis once played. The Battle of Witch Historical Site. The Alamo. The Alamo, you say. And you would be correct. Hang on, buddy. We're going to set you up with a $50 gift card for Nabraza, courtesy of Fast and Furious Spy Racers Rio, exclusively on Netflix now. Uh, Nebraza is open for curbside pickup or indoor-outdoor dining, serving a full 15 Brazilian meat service with a dedicated server to each table. Details are available at nebraza.com. Let's get to music news. Here we go. Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Nubbits. Nubbits. All right, we're going to start with this. Tom Petty's 70th birthday bash will be happening this Friday. And Foo Fighters, Pearl Jam's Eddie Vedder, The Killers, and Raconteurs are just a few of the rockers lined up to take part in the virtual event. Whoa. Uh, yeah, the festival will be live streamed from uh, Petty's official website at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Friday. Even though his birthday was a few days ago, it fell on Tuesday, uh, they're going to. Observe yeah. it on uh, Friday. It's a better day. Cool. Speaking of Eddie Vedder and his band Pearl Jam, uh, yesterday, uh, Pierre Robert and uh, Nick, were you a part of the interview? I was, yeah. Okay. Uh, Stone Gossard gave a call, and Pierre's going to be revealing uh, those details and playing back the interview. Do you know when he's do- going he's to do, do it? Yeah, he's going to do it on noon uh, at noon today. He's going to do a nice, long, I think, hour-long block of Pearl Jam. It's actually the 30th anniversary of their first show ever, uh, and it's also the day that they're going to debut this show that they did in Philly on our birthday on April 29th, 2016 at the Wells Fargo Center. So that um, concert becomes available tonight, and that's why Stone was calling in. And what's cool is is Pierre thought it was going to be a 10-minute. It was scheduled for 10 minutes, 25 minutes. Excellent. Yeah. I love when that happens. Yep, me too. So we have just a little clip to play, but you'll be able to hear it all at noon today. It's tangible. Philadelphia. What were they talking about? Uh, we were talking about his love of Philadelphia, the band's okay. love of Philly, and how Philly loves Pearl Jam, and Pearl Jam loves them back. All right, here we go. It's tangible. Philadelphia has been consistently enthusiastic in a way that almost no other place has for this band. So really appreciate that. And uh, it's definitely not lost on the band that when we come to the eastern seaboard, Philly's on the list, and we 
we all know when we're stepping out there that it, we've got something to live up to, and uh, and we've got to um, we want to just express our gratitude about that and try to live up to the you know the level of support that we've got. So we will be back. We will be playing shows again. It, it might be a little while. I can't wait. I know the band can't wait to um, step out on a stage again in Pennsylvania, and and really um, uh, it'll be a it'll be a special moment to kind of look around and kind of go crap. We all just went through this. You know, it's cool. It's it's legit uh, coming from those guys, uh, the the praise, mm-hmm. um, because you know you hear bands, you know, on stage, you know, good evening, Detroit, you know, whatever it may be, we love you guys, and so on. And I'm sure they do. No, it's but a you, can, crack. you can well, you can tell that Stones like this place is different. Yeah, yeah. this no. place is. It stands out amongst our fans. And there are a number of artists who have said that when yeah. they come through here. And, and again, I don't think it's just, you know, lip service present. It's a really cool conversation. I was really flattered to be a part of it. And uh, it was like talking to an old friend. Stone definitely uh, appreciates the radio station, appreciates Pierre, uh, said some nice things about uh, the, the band's history with this town. So uh, the entire hour is going to be dedicated to that. And, uh, and like I said, that concert uh, is now going to be available, I think, starting... Uh, this afternoon, this evening, and you can uh, download the show. Download the show uh, from MMR's birthday in 2016. And he said that uh, Eddie's a big fan of the Space Cowboy segment. From yeah, I love Space yeah, Cowboys. He doesn't I mean, I'm happy. I'm, I'm flattered that he likes it. But I had cool. a really cool memory from that show. Uh, I was looking through some old photos, and we ended up in these crazy seats right near Mike McCready. And besides, like crying ten times because they kept mentioning MMR, and yeah. I was screaming. Um, but there was this big camera set up right in Mike's space. And at some point, about eight songs in, he literally kicks the camera down. Because it was 2016, and, like, cameras weren't discreet. It was this big pole in yeah. the middle of an area where he kept running around, and it was just blocking his space really quickly. So if you are watching the stream <laughs> later on today, watch for him literally kicking this this camera on a pole until it falls down somewhere around the middle of the show. Yeah, okay. well, they, and they filmed the whole show, and that's how they're able to make it into a concert, and, uh, and that was the show where they did 10 beginning to end. All right, so... Speaking of Pearl Jam, again, here's a third story that ties in this. We have a clip. It's Miley Cyrus. Uh, she's doing Just Breathe. Was that Pearl Jam or is that Eddie Vedder? That's Pearl Jam, okay. uh, but it's mostly Ed. Okay, so this is Miley. Do we know why she's doing this or what she, it's for? You know, she's recalibrating herself as a rocker. And, uh, but Isn't by, she putting out an album of rock cover songs? It's Metallica. Metallica. Uh, now, I heard well, it was, was talking all Metallica. About I don't know. Maybe it's all just rock cover songs. I don't know. Well, whatever. Let's listen to it. Here we go. <laughs> I love this song, by the way. Lucky man to count on both hands. I... Your, your face. I hate her voice. I hate it. Casey, like loves, a... Casey loves her voice. I hate it. Yeah. But, you know. It's, it's a like a little taste. Janis Joplin-ish. How no, your dad must you. get horny. I, listen, How no, I, dare listen, you? I love her, and I, I don't love, uh, not that I don't like Miley. I love Janis Joplin, uh-huh. but mainly because she's probably my mom. Your mom. <laughs> 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 All right, let's continue. Hang on. Some folks just have one. Well, that part sounded okay. She got that vibrato. It's there. just her. Yeah, something about her. You know whose version? My absolute favorite, without question, of that song is Willie Nelson. Willie's it's version is great. So beautiful. It yeah. gives me chills when I hear it. Um, so she did it. 
And there you go. <laughs> That's that. that. Uh, she looks good in the video, I have to say. Better than I've seen her look in a while. Yeah, she looks pretty good. Yeah. She looks pretty good. All right. Then we have a Bruce Springsteen clip or two. Steve, what is this from? From this uh, this Netflix, this um, concert movie, well, this performance movie that he did. And, it's, and um, he's explaining um, about the longevity of the band and about uh, an interesting thing that happened with his boyhood First rock band that he was a part of. All right, we have three clips here. We'll start with this one. It says, dealing with not being able to tour. So yes. we'll, uh, we'll hit Big that thing. one first. Here we go. Well, I, uh, I do a lot of work in front of my bedroom mirror with the tennis racket. <laughs> you know, You're the, 16 uh, all over again. I've gone back. I've, go- I've completely uh, gone back to when I was 16. I put the album on. I get the tennis racket. And I go for an hour. Matter of fact, I go for three hours, just like the show. Uh, <laughs> He's talking to Colbert. That's God, sweet. I used to do that when I was a kid. And a tennis racket is exactly... Sometimes a hockey stick. Ah. A tennis racket was the go-to for the guitar. All right, here's uh, him talking about uh, a member of uh, a band when he was a, when he was a teen. Here right. I guess being the last, last guy in my first band to remain alive sort of... I don't know. It must have must have brought things up for me because a short while later I started to write with the themes of mortality and music, which is a subject I hadn't written about before, what it was like being in a band when you were young, what it's like being in a band 50 years later with the same people. Wow. So he and it it gave him the impetus to do this. And I think it, it, it reignited his. Uh, love for his the, the E Street Band, and then he he gives a, a sort of a mind blowing assessment in the next clip. All right, here we go. I always tell people, I says, imagine this: the people you're going to high school right now, when you're 70 years old, those are the exact people you'll be working with, and will have worked with them for the past 50 years. The only place that that happens is in rock and roll, and it doesn't happen much for the very simple reason that. They can't stand each other for that long. It's, right. it's really, it's a, it's a miracle. Wow. Yeah. yeah. 50 years. So you think of you in high school. Yeah. But you still working with the image. Yeah. yeah. Right? I mean, that's an amazing thing. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Love, Bruce. Uh, let me see here. Uh, this, is a, this is a nice story. Uh, Sammy Hagar revealed that it was none other than comedian George Lopez that reunited him with Eddie Van Halen in the months before he died. You know, George Lopez is a huge rock fan and a yep. huge Van Halen fan. That is correct. He said, uh, a mutual friend of ours, uh, George Lopez, called me and said, uh, Sam, you got to call Ed. said he's not doing good. And he loves you, and you guys have to do something. Uh, George was looking to try to put the band back together and all that, so I said, oh, man, are you kidding me? So I went through his brother. I tried to go through everybody, tell Eddie, I hope he's doing well. I'd love to speak to him, come and see him, whatever. And he went on to say that, so all of a sudden, George says, here, here's his phone number. Call him. I picked up the phone, and we were texting and talking almost weekly. I would say, honestly, weekly since the beginning of the year. And it was nothing but a love fest. He was talking about how great Wolfie is doing with his new record. He sent me some new music long before it came out. Uh, so it was really nice I got to do that. Although Hagar is still, admittedly, dealing with the grief of uh, losing his dear friend, repairing the tear and the relationship with Van Halen meant the world to him. Said, if that wouldn't have happened, I would be devastated much worse than I already am. It was horrible news. Uh, there's never a good time to hear news like that when a loved one passes. It was tough to deal with. But, honestly, the music is what pulled me through. So that's really nice to hear. And a bit of a um, 
a suggestion, perhaps in your yes. life, take that example. Yeah, you know, patch those things up, right? You know, and 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 it, and you don't have to be best friends again. No, but it might be a uh, way to borrow money. Uh, <laughs> you, you never know. Yeah, in the will. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, even if somebody's not sick or whatever, yeah, and, yeah. and 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 there was something there, and and you don't have to make it a, a rekindling of the friendship, but just a, just making amends might be it might do you some good. Yeah, might do them some good, or it might get worse. Who knows? So <laughs> I don't know. Uh, this is great news. Paul McCartney is releasing his long-awaited McCartney Three album wow. on December 11th. The album, <laughs> which was primarily recorded during the pandemic, or what he called the Rockdown. Uh, and uh, it rounds out his his self-written, performed, engineered, and produced trilogy following 1970s McCartney and 1980s McCartney 2. So he did all the stuff himself. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Paul hadn't planned to release an album in 2020, uh, but according to the press release, it says, in isolation of Rockdown, he soon found himself fleshing out some existing musical sketches and creating even more new ones. Uh, before long, an eclectic collection of spontaneous songs have become McCartney 3, a stripped-back, self-produced, and quite literally solo work marking the opening of a new decade, the tradition of 1970s McCartney and 1980s McCartney 2. Uh, recorded earlier this year in Sussex, it is built mainly from live takes of Paul on vocals and guitar or piano, overdubbing his bass playing and drumming and anything else he wanted. He did it all uh, atop of that foundation. Uh, did he pro- do it all at once, or was he doing different tracks at different times? He did different tracks at different like a times. one-man band. He, did, <laughs> he didn't have the, you know, snare drum with his foot and, and, and all that. between his knees. Uh, but uh, When Winter Comes, was there was a track, apparently the process first sparked when Paul returned to an unreleased track from the 90s called When Winter Comes. It was co-produced by George Mount- Martin. Uh, he crafted a new passage for the song, giving rise to the album opener Long-Tailed Winter Bird. Uh, while When Winter Comes featuring its new 2020 and intro, Winter Bird became the new album's grand finale. So uh, that's pretty cool. I'd like to hear some of that. He didn't know he was going to be doing it, and he just kind of, like everybody else, got uh, maybe had time and, and started working on something and was like, oh, I'll just do this, you know? That is amazing. The album finishes apparently with an 18-minute opus to the California Raisins. Ooh. Yeah, which I thought was an incredible really? selection. I didn't know he was such a fan. Uh, Alterbridge guitarist Mark Tremonti told the Justa Show that uh, he plans to record a new album with his Tremonti solo project in November and December uh, for a late 2021 release. He said, uh, we still have a lot of Alterbridge touring to do. Hopefully with COVID, we're pretty much pushing pause when it all started. Um, we could just push play again and continue uh, the tour that we needed, to, uh, the tour the way it needed to be, mm-hmm. and then maybe come out with Tremonti record late next year. So he's working on it. And then one last thing is the fact that Rocktober Madness is down to the Fantastic Four. Matchups today include, there's only two matchups since there are four bands left. Oh, boy. And this is where we finally get to take on the other brackets. It's where the rubber meets the road. That's the thing. So it's Pierre Pancake with Aerosmith mm-hmm. up against Jackson and Sarah's Pink Floyd. <laughs> And then you have us, the Preston and Steve show. We're bringing out our big gun, Led Zeppelin, to take on Jackie and Brent's Shinedown, who beat the Beatles. And they have uh, the actual band members themselves lobbying fans to vote. Bull crap. We love Shinedown's them. Shinedown's going to win it. We love them. They're awesome, those yep. guys. And uh, the, the station loves Shinedown. And in a way, it's very cool that they're lobbying 
and calling their fan base. And again, it is a challenge yeah. to the Beatles and to, well, not the Beatles, but the uh, to anybody else, Zeppelin, huh? to uh, get their fan base out. I know they listen, <laughs> and I know that they're interested in winning this. Well, we'll see how well they uh, they pull from the audience. Uh, so that's uh, brought to you by Horizon Services and gets underway at 1130. Pierre will have uh, a comment or two on that when he gets in here a little bit, I would imagine. All right, that's it in music news. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in a second, and we'll get the letter of the day for the word of the week, see what's coming up tomorrow, and get you set for the rest of the day. Stay with us. MMR's Rocktober Madness. All the drama of sports without the sports. We started with 64 bands, and now it's down to the excellent eight. Who will win and advance? That's up to you. Listen for the matchups with Pierre and Jackson. Then vote at WMMR.com or on our app. And Friday at 2.30, listen for the final matchup. You'll choose who takes home the crown. Then, starting at 7, listen as your champion kicks off a two-hour victory lap music marathon with Jackie Bam Bam. October Madness, presented by Horizon Services. Heating, plumbing, cooling, and indoor air quality. And 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Oh, my God, we got to get a winner for the secret text word. The Brian Westbrook authentic autographed football, complete nice. with the gas display, glass display case, courtesy of Godshalls. We're going to take caller number nine at 215-263-WMMR. Caller number nine. You need to know the secret text word, okay? So don't call if you don't have it. And we'll see if we can indeed award that to someone here in mere moments. So get on board and give us a call right now. It's about 10.38. We are wrapping up today's program. Thank you to Marissa Magnata, who stepped in at the last moment to fill in for Casey. He was feeling under the weather, so he headed home, and Marissa stepped right in in true fashion and saved the day. And filled some big shoes. Casey does a lot back here. And it's, he does. It's, it's nerve-wracking. Yep. He's, uh, <laughs> Hollywood yeah. trash gets me every time. <laughs> you, you don't know. You don't see what all he does, you know, on the other end of uh, the other side of the speakers here. But uh, Casey does a lot of work behind the scenes. So Marissa jumped in. And Marissa do- already does a lot of work yes. behind the scenes. And then too, to Connor, so. who filled in for Marissa. Yeah, yeah thank yeah. you, Connor. Yeah. yeah. He can't hear us because he's answering the phones right now. <laughs> All right. Uh, and while we're in that thanking mood, thank you, Colin Quinn, who was on the show today. So good. Colin is, well, he was promoting his new book, which is called Overstated, a coast-to-coast roast of the 50 states. And he says he does not hold back on Pennsylvania and Philadelphia when he hits that territory. And he is doing a virtual event with the Free Library in Philadelphia. It is, uh, you go to freelibrary.org. So it's tomorrow night. He's going to be reading expert excerpts. He's going to be interviewed. He's going to talk. He's going to do some cool stuff. And if you pay for the virtual ticket, you also get a copy of the book, too. Excellent. I think it's $32 to get the book and you get the virtual event. And he loves this area, man. He loves coming out here. And he's a great guy. Thank you to Acme Markets for supplying some food today. Got some great breakfast. And they gave us some good giveaways. And they were promoting uh, the opening up of the new store, which I think is at 40th and Walnut. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's a new University City store. They got a robot. They got a robot at the salad, salad bar. Salad making robot. Wow. Yeah. We can't wrap our... And they have a poutine bar, too, Pierre. Holy poutine. I know. Sushi and poke bowls and... Wow. Is it poke or pokey? Poke. Okay. Poke. Poke. Parquet. You remember those commercials? Yes. Butter. Butter. Okay. Butter. 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 
Okay. Uh, and they also have a deli with a poutine bar, like I said. Yeah, I hit all that stuff. And a barbecue carving station. Uh, Acme is the official supermarket of the President Steve Show. And now of University City, too. Let's see if we can get somebody who knows the special word we're looking for. I'm going to Chris. Hi, Chris. Good morning. Good morning. All right, Chris, you're a winner. If you give me the word, what is it? Nova. Nova is correct. Oh! Oh! Normally, I normally have some winning music there. That's all right. And uh, Chris, hang on the line. We're going to get your information, and we are going to give you that very special, authentic Brian Westbrook autographed football complete glass display case, courtesy of Godshalls and the six-pack of coupons good for six full-size packages of Godshalls turkey bacon. You can make the switch to Godshalls Real Wood Smoke Turkey Bacon and check out the new Make the Switch campaign with Brian Westbrook at com. So congrats to you, sir. Hang on the line. We'll get your information. And before we find out what's going on with Pierre, I have one last $50 gift card to give away from Acme. Nice. One left. So we'll t- we'll take caller number 11. We're going to clear these phone lines, and we'll take caller number 11, and then we will get you uh, that as soon as Connor's done getting the information from Chris, who won that. So... Uh, just call and maybe you'll win. Keep we'll calling we'll and never stop calling. That's what the deal. Uh, how you doing, Pierre? <laughs> Good, thank you. I see you, you found your way. I found my way through the fog. It's not wow. that bad on the roads. Okay. You it's look just... like Pierre Wick today, by the way. You're all like John Wick. That's exactly who You're I want to be. Dolled up and everything. Yeah. Um, don't mess with my dog, though. <laughs> I don't have a dog, but don't do that. Um, the fog seems to be just hanging over this building, as if uh, as if confirming the the fates of this hideous building. Yeah, it's um, it's I mean, outside it's, our window. It's, it's crazy it's, foggy. It's not bad. Okay, really? That. Yeah, it's okay. just here. It is the mist, Preston. Uh, it is. Yeah. It's attracted to the uh, the um, the tinted windows, the, the carbuncle, <laughs> the carbuncle they added onto the building, which and it was a you know ridiculously ugly building to begin with, but then they added the carbuncle onto it, which I now call the Borg, because uh, if you've watched Star Trek: Next Generation, the Borg was this big blocky black a cube, item, the cube that went yeah. through space, absorbing uh, all personnel, and, uh, um, and what was their slogan? Resistance. Resistance, resistance is futile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I've given up resisting. Uh, <laughs> but I must say one other thing on an entirely different topic. That was the best live read I think I've ever heard. <laughs> um, I, I, it was so innocent and and fun and cute and delightful and there was nothing funny about it and and <laughs> so it's just one of those moments where marissa it, threw put in a music bed which it, it slightly <laughs> threw me off and then preston had a line that threw me off even more and then i fell off a cliff and i was not able to get back up the cliff at all well, uh, that's and when i sold you call through. the uh the, yeah, the rescue people. I should have called the rescue people, but no. I lost it, and uh, it was a moment that as soon as it was, it was, it was over, it was over. Uh, but I think it brought some people some joy, and uh, if that happened, then then good. It yeah. brought me great joy. Good. I well, loved it. Good, it I was, appreciate that. It and was marvelous. The client got three minutes out of the one minute. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Was it three minutes? Oh, yeah. It was long. You right? got yeah. to... And finally, he had to say, turn the music off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he could get uh, right to the plateau, at least. Of the uh, cliff. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed that. I enjoyed it very much. <laughs> nice. um, anyway. Um, Shall we do the letter? Oh, oh, you got another thing. All right, go ahead. Well, t- I just wanted to mention, today is the one-year anniversary. Some people posted on Facebook of... Um, me being inducted into the Rock Walk uh, oh. down on Broad Street. Uh, that was a year ago, huh? Uh, yeah. The, uh, Seems like a decade. It does seem like a long time Is that why you're, you're spruced up? 
No. Okay. All right. I, I just all dressed up. I got nowhere to go. By the way, the other day somebody was at, we were talking about cursing on the air and asked what, or what was the worst thing I had ever said. And apparently, I think Coob was back here on the air while you were down and we were covering live from the event. Oh, and yeah. I didn't know we were on the air and there was a live mic. And I just go, dude, this is effing great. <laughs> and apparently that went on the air. Yeah. Well, Ray hadn't, uh, I think Ray had just been with us a short time. I'm not sure he knew where the dump button was. Mm. That's great. I, yeah. I was, it was a great day. It was a great moment. Yeah, more it was cool. better. Uh, Can't yeah, wait to was, get back to things like that. It was a great day and uh, a great night. So um, anyway, so I just, it was a year I, ago that you did the you went to the ago. ceremony. I, and I was um, uh, slightly inebriated uh, <laughs> about a week ago, and I I weaved across Broad Street, and I go, oh, I'm around here somewhere. And then I found myself, and I stood at like 2 in the morning with me and the homeless guy. And I stood uh, over my plaque and took a picture of my shoes. It was just incredibly Wait a second. You're that guy? And then I, I, the homeless guy going, this is me. I, this is me right here. And he, I he, piss on that thing all the time. Yeah. He wouldn't be the first, I'm sure. Um, anyway, so now we can do the letter. All right, here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. Hi, the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter... Uh, T. All right. Uh, T, T as in uh, tomorrow. All right, and tomorrow we will give away this prize, a $300 Xfinity Live gift card, and it's always a home game at Xfinity Live. Xfinity Live is your home to watch and cheer on the birds for their uh, for all their home and away games, like tonight, home. Uh, to reserve your table now for Birds Game Day, you can visit XfinityLive.com. And what's up on the show today, man? Well, um, in addition, we'll, we'll start with the Rocktober Madness, which, as you mentioned, is Aerosmith versus Pink Floyd, one thirty, And the way we're going to do it is an hour of it. Uh, so we only have one matchup. That's Aerosmith against Pink Floyd and then Led Zeppelin uh, against Shinedown at 3.30. Did you say that Brent had actually gotten the band involved in it? That's what I heard. Wow. Yeah, that's what we heard there on social media lobbying for their fans to vote. Okay. Well, so, you know, that's At that's this legit. point, the, the other three are powerhouses, Aerosmith, Pink Floyd, and Led Zeppelin. Uh, I want something different, so I'll go with the Shinedown. You go, you're supporting Shinedown? Yeah. And yeah. they're great guys. Yeah, okay. great, great guys. Anyway, we'll see what happens. Uh, and then for the Workforce Blocks, another special hour, or perhaps a little more, depending, uh, with our conversation with Stone Gossard, which you played a clip of. And uh, today is Pearl Jam's 30th birthday as well. So happy wow. 30th birthday to Pearl Jam. Tonight's the anniversary of their first show in 1990 at a club called The Off-Ramp in Seattle. I don't know if the club is still there. It is not, no. Okay. No, it's uh, long gone. Okay. But uh, it was uh, their first show tonight. Eddie was so nervous, he uh, he did the almost almost the whole thing with his eyes closed. So um, uh, we actually asked him about that in our interview. But um, anyway, that's going to be the celebration and the big uh, live stream of the show uh, on our birthday. Our 48th birthday uh, starts, as you mentioned, Nick, uh, this evening. People can download it. We have all the information, and we'll talk with Stone. We'll play a lot of Pearl Jam, and it will be fun. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors, President Steve Show, brought to you today. By Duncan, official coffee of the President Steve Show. Also brought to you by Acme Markets, fresh foods, local flavors, and by Primo Hoagies. It's not just a hoagie, it's a Primo, primohoagies.com. Uh, normally, I'd tell you what we have going on tomorrow, but Casey usually gives me that rundown list. It's okay, don't worry it's about it. It's spectacular. We got, just stuff. Know we got stuff and things and people and uh, all that. So that is it. We are done. Rage on. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow, gang. Bye-bye.
love you. Line. Oh, you Philly. You had Queen beat Genesis just to have Queen lose to Led Zeppelin. Get the f out of here. Next message. Well, I'd like to say thank you for waking us up in the morning. You guys rock. Thank you. Have a great day, sirs. And Mrs. Next message. Good morning, Todd. If you noticed. The Preston and Steve Love You, Hate You line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR Rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack, sell them for less.